Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. ESPN. Brought to you by Sumner One. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley, Dan McLaughlin, Matthew Rocchio. I'm Randy Carricker. Happy championship weekend and uh, Americana is what it's all about. And America is where we live is a great country. And I have a, a very good friend that knows I'm a huge sports fan. And this morning, I walk into the that office. That is shocking. You had a friend that knows you're a sports fan. <laughs> yeah. walk in, well, a sports fan and a Reese's fan. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, I walk in this morning, and uh, here is a giant box of Reese's footballs. Thank you, dear. Tap, tap. And uh, so... Um, yeah, incredible. So, uh, yeah, we're enjoying some Reese's footballs as we get ready for. Well, it, first of all, let's start with this, okay? Uh, we were talking yesterday. We have deep conversations here in the opening drive. We were talking yesterday about the Constitution, and we were talking about, you know, just America in general. Is there anything more Americana, Brooke and Dan? Sorry I didn't introduce you already. I'm kind of excited about these. <laughs> you good were morning, Randy. Up. Yeah, the, yes. Good morning. Then the Reese's and, and football. I mean, Reese's footballs are where it's at, right? It is. It really is. And I especially <laughs> like the football version. Now, I know that they're all the same, mm-hmm. but is there something about that you guys prefer different shapes? Because I like... The pumpkin one, mm-hmm. the Reese's pumpkin shape one. I like the football shape one, which we have a theme going on here. And I like uh-huh. the Christmas tree shaped one. I'll take the eggs. The, They're not all the same. The, the Easter eggs. I love those. Sam. Those are big time. The, the oh, those eggs, are good. And by yeah. the way, now they make with the same egg shape Christmas bulbs. That's right. Same things. Uh, so... Uh, Matthew, were you here when the greatest event to happen since I've been doing mornings happened? That's one way to describe it. <laughs> but I do want to say, but the weird, there's different shapes have different like levels of chocolate and peanut butter discrepancy. Yeah. So if you yeah. have like a personal favorite one, there's a reason that shape that you like it better because it's a different balance and that matters. That so makes sense. Y- you guys know that I'm always up for a oh challenge. Oh my god! Right? Oh, I mean, well, you got a yeah. tattoo to prove I was it. I, about you yeah, at nine I, o'clock. I, I will take a dare. Yeah. So uh, Michelle Smallman. Uh, our host, former co-host here on the opening drive, who now is, actually it was Carriker and Smallman back in the day. Uh, and uh, so she does the morning show before us now. And uh, a couple of years ago, she is a, a well aware of my affinity for uh, Reese's. And uh, I told her, oh yeah, I could eat a, what, this for, for Good Friday, biggest comeback weekend of the year. Uh, <laughs> I, I said, I can eat a one pound Reese's bunny in an hour. And she said, no, you can't. And I said, yes, I can. And she said, no, you can't. And I said, yes, I can. And she said, prove it. And I said, okay, sure, do it tomorrow. And so uh, she comes in with a one-pound Reese's bunny, and I start eating one-pound Reese's bunny at 7 in the morning. And by 7.58, one-pound Reese's bunny is gone. How were you the rest of the day? I was zooming. It was... My face got... But Matthew, what happened about 9.15? Uh, kind of crashed. It got rough. Yeah. Things was, got rough yeah, in did. the studio for a minute. But I did the whole show. Yep. Did you throw up? No. 
Oh. Okay. Dan, you know me. You've known me for 30 years. I, I've known you longer than that, yeah, actually. Yeah. I was thinking that the other day. I've yeah. known you for almost 32 years, I believe. Wow. Yeah. yeah. See? So you know that I can do that. I, I've seen it. I've seen some great uh, emotional. I've seen some great physical feats. <laughs> <laughs> and usually they're connected. Yeah, they in terms of, this was one of them. Of eating. Yeah. <laughs> it all circles back to eating. And, and now you'll and have Reese's. that this weekend. Yeah, right. Well, uh, I'm willing to share, obviously. I, I want my cohorts to enjoy the fruits of the labor of the framers of our Constitution. <laughs> sure. I'm sure planned in 2024 on people having a ton of Reese's and eating a ton of food before football games. It's, it's Americana, baby, okay. at its best. So Danny asked me, and everybody has to weigh in here, and you can text in. Our text line is open, 314. Well, let's do a segment on this later. 314-399-9646. Yo, Yo-ho. Danny, Yo-ho. Oh, See, oh I, I, my I, God. I, I, that that's my beautiful. one. I, I felt like it was emotional. I felt like I put a little into it and a little, yeah. little sing to it. That might be the best one ever. Was that it really d- was. Was that a dwarf from Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? I don't know. It was something from back then. Oh, that was, I had I no idea. It came from deep so, in your soul. Snow yeah. White. Here's the question before we get to the open. We are doing a championship bash this year. I think we've always done a championship bash except for COVID. One one ESPN. We're not doing it this year. But when you are home on Sunday, Dan asked me, what's your menu for Sunday? And, and right I, can I interject? Head, yes. Because normally, Randy has a theme for the play, yeah. for who's ever playing. So if you're going to play out in San Francisco or the 49ers are coming to St. Louis, it would be some type of seafood. Mm-hmm. Um, you're looking at Baltimore, so crab cakes, those mm-hmm. kind of things. So yeah. take it from there. So when you asked me, I really hadn't thought, thought about you had it a much. Theme. Yeah. But uh, obviously... Uh, the best clam chowder I've ever had was on Fisherman's Wharf. And I, I know Fisherman's Wharf isn't what it was. So, But back in the day, you could go out to Fisherman's Wharf. What I would do when we, whenever I would go out there for, with, for a football game or baseball or whatever, I'd rent a bike, ride across the Golden Gate Bridge, go down to Sausalito, and then take the, the ferry back and land right where the uh, clam chowder out on, the, on uh, Fisherman's Wharf was. So I'm going to start with... San Francisco clam chowder. I I will do that. I will do crab cakes from Baltimore, mm. Balmer, uh, and then Kansas City has really good ribeye. I don't know if I can do Kansas City ribeye or ribs or barbecue. Just barbecue in general, yeah, maybe. Yeah, probably for the first game, uh, and then Detroit That's just for the first game. Just for the first. <laughs> oh yeah, well, you know, two so games, funny. right? Uh, and then for Detroit, I don't know. Did they make Reese's bullets? Oh. Randy, what? no, well, they are known. Here we go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna change subjects. They are known for their square pizza. Oh yeah, okay, there we go. Little Caesars. But, yeah, but little, is little, it little Domino's? Known for that, the square beyond compare. We are, yeah. Uh, their pizza, pizza, Little Caesars. Okay, again, weigh in. I used to have Little Caesars near me. There was one at Dorset and McKelvey. There was one up on Page. I don't believe there's a Little Caesars near me. There might be one out in St. Charles seen County. One. So, uh, again, text in if there's a Little Caesars around. I would do that. Or you can always do Domino's because Domino's is a that was founded in Detroit, too. But anyway, so the question of the day is, what's your menu for Sunday? Uh, we're doing great sports here. Randy, there is a... There's <laughs> a great yeah, We'll do that at 8 o'clock. 8 o'clock, we'll do what, what your menu is for the weekend. There's a Little Caesars in Overland. Oh. There's there still there? other okay. places that have them, too. I can't because okay. I've passed them on different places that I've gone to, and I've noticed there's, oh, there's a Little Caesars. I'm you know, surprised that it's there. 
but I have seen it. There's a few that are still around. I like Little Caesars. I, do, I love it. We used to go do the Blues games in Detroit, and Bernie would put on a clinic on how much he would eat, and we would put a bet on <laughs> how amazing. many pieces of pizza he could eat, and it was amazing. I mean, we would get into close to the teens. Wow. Before a game, yeah. That's pretty. That, that's have a little side bet going. I would have never thought that Bernie Federico, who is a very lean, well, oh, he can athlete, eat, man, I, like unbelievable. Because I used to be renowned to eat back in the day. Well, he works out a ton. Yeah, like Bernie will run five miles a day oh. and then wow. put on a spectacular show at dinner. Dan, Brooks, yes, uh, Matthew, I have not run five miles combined in my life. You've walked plenty, <laughs> though. I've, I've got a little... Uh, I have walked a lot. I, I've got a little sticker on my car that says 0.0. You know how those people have like 13.1, <laughs> oh, I've got the 0.0 sticker on mine. Okay, the Blues are at uh, Seattle tonight to take on the Kraken. Blues are... they they got to get Kraken again. Oh. Get it? I got um, it. Yeah, Blues have won the first two of this road trip. And they play... Oh, they play at home on Sunday afternoon. Great scheduling, NHL. Uh, so we'll Ooh. have that one for you here on 101 ESPN. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. No, they, they didn't either. Man, no. Canadian. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. The, playing uh, in Seattle. Yeah. It's not Canada. Well, that's tonight. I mean, the, the NHL in general playing oh. here on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canadian yeah. rules? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, how about this? Looks like Bill Belichick is not going to get a job this year in the NFL hiring cycle. Yesterday, the Falcons, who were the one team to interview him, hired Rams defensive coordinator uh, Raheem Morris, who at one point was the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Dave Canales, the offense first-year offensive coordinator of the Buccaneers, gets hired by the Panthers for their job. So the only teams left are the Commanders and the Seahawks. Vrabel is out there. Looks like the Commanders are going to go with Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator from Detroit. And it looks like Belichick is going to be, and McDaniels, are going to be on the outside looking in. I'm actually a little bit surprised by this because we've talked about it. I mean, Bill Belichick, I know that, Randy, you have your stats ready to go. So before I say this, a lot of people consider him one of the greatest coaches of all time. If you want to plug in your Tom well, Brady, I know, I know NFL there. ownership listens to the show, so they're well aware of the fact that Bill Belichick, without Tom Brady as a starting quarterback, <laughs> has a winning percentage of four fifty three. There you go. I know that you had that in your pocket, mm-hmm. but I am very surprised to see that both of them are left standing in this game of musical chairs. But it seems like it's continuing with that theme of the youth movement, the younger you coordinators taking over right now. And the fact that Belichick, on the flip side, Brooke, to your point, is going to be 73 Mm -hmm. if he's on the outside looking in. And I'm sure that these organizations said, this is a short term. This is a two to three year situation that we have with this head coach. And then after that, are we going to have to do this all again? What's interesting, Raheem Morris is 21 and 38, has never taken a team to a playoff uh, playoff game. And you're sitting there saying, we'd rather have that than Mike Vrabel. We'd rather have that than Bill Belichick. I mean, this guy must be really well thought of in yes. NFL circles to do well, this. And he was already there for four years as an, uh, he was a receivers coach, then moved over to be defensive coordinator. He and was, was interim their, too, right? Right, was their interim head coach. The other interesting thing about the Belichick situation there is that the perception was he he didn't want Rich McKay to have any power in the organization anymore. Rich McKay has been the president of the Falcons for more than 20 years. And so all the football people are saying, well, what about Rich? Even Arthur Blank can't just bring Belichick in because of what you say, Dan, because he's going to be there for three years. So 
You're going to blow it up. You're going to cut the legs out from Rich McKay, start a whole new football operation, and then three years later, you got to do it again because Belichick's 75. Well, do you think that a lot of this goes back to, we think that the Chargers job is the only one where the head coach would come in with Harbaugh taking that job, where he would also have control more of the roster, control of how things would look. The other jobs, I don't know if they were exactly looking for that. So you saw what happened with Mike Vrabel in Tennessee, right? There was a, a power struggle between him and the GMs, Robinson before Rand that came in there. And then you see with Bill Belichick, what is his reputation of how he likes to do things? So maybe that's something with what the teams, where they're saying, well, if we're going to hire a head coach, we're going to want to do it our way and not where we're going to have this power struggle going on. That's always a problem. We, we saw that here in St. Louis with a good team that has a power struggle. You don't have people trying to take credit for bad teams, by the way. You only have power struggles with good teams. And that happened here. And that's why the greatest show on turf fell apart. And that would happen. Uh, heck, that did happen. Uh, in New England to an extent because they lost so many good talent evaluators in Dimitrov and Pioli and uh, the the guy who's in uh, Houston now, the, their general manager. There's so many people, so much brain drain from New England, and that's why they don't have great players anymore. By the way, Dan, and I know this is a singular event when you talk about Raheem Morris's record. Everybody's wanting, when they hire the Raheem Morrises of the world, everybody wants Marv Levy, who was with the Chiefs five years, 31 and 42, but then goes to Buffalo. He goes 112 and 70 and gets to four Super Bowls. But that happens much less than it does more. Here's the question then. Would you play in devil's advocate here? Let's just say that Bill Belichick would go to Atlanta and win you a championship, but then all of a sudden you're left with all the pieces that come crumbling in, let's say, three years. Is that worth it, or is it not worth it, and then go the other direction and still not win? Because they've never won a Super Bowl, I think it's worth it. I think it was different for the Rams when they won a few years ago. Now, they had to win for L.A. They thought they did. But then to, to have that all fall apart and lose all the star power, it was kind of like the Marlins, uh, the, the way the Rams fell apart so quickly. But in a situation indigenous to Atlanta where you've never won before and you do then it's worth it yeah I, I think anytime you can have yourself a championship it's worth it yeah because you never know when you're going to get back there again exactly I've always felt that way I still think while it's maybe one of the least interesting jobs out there and a lot of people probably didn't want it the Panthers situation is intriguing to me just because of David Tepper and his mm-hmm. reputation bringing in Carnalis, I think that the report by Adam Schefter is that they're going to give him a six-year contract Supposedly, is, they're going to let him build there. But if you look at David they, Tepper, what he's done yeah. over the years, I think the mid-season firing. six months. I think they give Rule a six-year contract. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they did. Mm-hmm. So just to follow this along of how quickly the David Tepper gets rid of his coaches in his mid-season firings, you had Frank Reich, week 14 mm-hmm. of 2023, Matt Rule, week 6 of 2022, and Ron Rivera, week 14 of 2019. So you sign that six-year contract. Either way, mm-hmm. I'm sure it will work out for him. But when you hear that, that's that doesn't really seem like he wants a coach who's going to stay there for a long time. That's how you get one-year offensive coordinators as your head coach. Now, hopefully he works out, and he has great familiarity with Dan Morgan. They work together in Seattle, and the guy has the Pete Carroll pedigree. So hopefully for him and for them it'll work out. But to your point, Brooke, the odds are that it's not going to because of the owner. So what happens with Seattle? What happens with Washington now? Those are the two openings. Well, Seattle has interviewed Quinn, and I think they've had flirtations with Vrabel. Mm -hmm. So I would think that one of those guys will wind up there. And then the commanders, I think, are all in on Ben Johnson, apparently. That's what it seems like. So you get Harbaugh with the Chargers, Mm -hmm. Pierce with the Raiders, Mayo with the Patriots, 
Callahan with the Titans, Canales with the Panthers, Raheem Morris now is with Atlanta, so it's all shaken out. And you know the other two. It, it just seems like Bill Belichick could be on the outside looking in. And if teams are saying that at the age of nearly 72, it's going to be tough to bring him in, what do you say a year from now? I mean, have we seen him coach his last NFL game? It could be the case. I have a conspiracy theory, Dan. Oh, I'm sure with him, you got to have one. Okay. What about this? The rumors of Andy Reid retiring. What if he retires after this season? Bill Belichick goes to Kansas City. I would be stunned. I would be stunned too, but yeah. it's it's a conspiracy theory. How about the enemy and Spags, though? Because you've already got the, the infrastructure there for those guys to try to keep winning. Mm-hmm. Do you want to introduce... Uh, Patrick Mahomes to the Bill Bel- and Kelsey to Bill Belichick's no fun. Belichick practices guys that have concussions. You don't want that in your building. Come on. You, so you're out on that one. No. You want Patrick Mahomes to be fun and be what he is. But Travis Kelsey could also be retiring. Just going to throw that He out says there. he's going to play. He, he said he's coming back next this this year in 24. So I, I wouldn't want Belichick to interfere with that sort of fun. That would be bad. Just bad. Just didn't seem like the right fit. No. no. As fun as they are, offensive-minded as mm-hmm. they are, he just didn't seem like he'd be the guy that would fit there. And by the way, I don't, I don't know what's happened so far in New England. Uh, you remember back with the Steel Curtain, Jack Ham. Yeah. Hopefully they'll hire him as their defensive coordinator so that they have Ham and Mayo. Uh, it's terrible. Yes. Oh my so bad. <laughs> Do you is... think of this stuff all day? <laughs> no, I thought of it when you said it with mayo. By the way, Jets Pizza. People are saying Jets, oh, Jets. Pizza is that for, Detroit? Yeah, they're saying that's Detroit. And that's right down the street. Yeah, I could do Ooh, that. It's okay. big deep dish. I'm in. It is. It's okay. kind of that deep dish. And then Motortown Pizza in Britwood is another really, really good one. Okay, that sounds like Detroit, too. It is. Mm-hmm. Motor City. Yeah. Motown. So there you go, Randy. You got Thank your you. pizza for uh, right down up. the street for yeah, Sunday. We're, we're set up. So that'll be, well... Pizza and clam chowder. That's all right. We can do that. You can do if that. you handled an hour worth of all those Reese's then in the bunny, you can handle that. Well, I just want to do that for the separate games, you know. So. I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I okay. think you can handle it. I've got no, well, you think you can handle it, I guess. Uh, yeah, I can. That's no yeah, problem no, whatsoever. No problem. Okay. All right. Coming up, it is NFL Championship Weekend. We're going to give you our confidence points for the four teams that are playing. Matthew, Brooke, Dan, and Randy on the opening drive on this Friday Championship Weekend Friday on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's going to be an awesome weekend of championship games on Sunday. You've got at 2 o'clock the Chiefs at Baltimore. Baltimore is a four-point favorite. They're the number one seed, obviously, in the AFC. They're over-under for that game, the two teams over-under, 44.5 points. And then in the evening at 5.30, the Lions are at San Francisco, and San Francisco is a 7.5-point favorite. So we're going to do confidence points, and you assign points to the team that you have the most confidence in. So if, if you think, for example, like I do, that San Francisco is the team that is the biggest lock to win, you give them four points and then subsequent to that. Okay, so uh, let's go down the list, and uh, Brooke and, and Dan and Matthew will, will give you theirs. Brooke, why don't you get us started with your four-pointer? It's going to have to be the 49ers. It's not the flashy or the more supi- surprising choice, but it's the right choice, right? Even with Brock Purdy, where it wasn't his best game last week, 
he was still able to lead them to a victory. And I know that Debo Samuel was injured in that game. He's still questionable for this weekend. But the fact that they were able to still win that game without Debo, I think says a lot. I think that proved a lot of people wrong or the doubters wrong in a lot of ways of if they would be able to do it without Debo for an entire game. And they still were able to do it. And Brock Purdy, even though it wasn't his best game, and luckily, I think... They won't have the weather issues this weekend, right? right? It'll be nice and sunny. I think that was a huge factor in why he struggled. I still think that that is the best overall team. So Maybe. I'm giving him four points. Four points for San Francisco. Brock Purdy has a huge game for the 49ers. Detroit has to pressure him, but the Lions are 24th in sacks, gave up eight yards a pass. I think Brock Purdy has a massive game. Uh, and he's a reason that he's an MVP finalist, which was announced yesterday. So I like San Francisco. I like San Francisco, too. Offensively, I, I think the key is going to be McCaffrey. I, I, I worry about trying to throw the ball with Aiden Hutchinson coming off the edge. Uh, and McKivitt's the right tackle for San Francisco. Is he, He's inexperienced, and he, I don't know that he can hang with Aiden Hutchinson in the passing game. I think that offensively, Everything will go through McCaffrey. But I think the reason that San Francisco is going to win is because of their defense. I, I just don't think as great as Jared Goff is, and I think he's terrific, and I, I like their receivers. But, man, handling uh, Kinlaw and dealing with Chase Young now and having Bosa and Fred Warner in the middle of the field covering <laughs> yep. Sam Laporta, uh, it's just going to be really difficult for the Lions to score. And we gave this stat yesterday. We'll give it again. When the Lions are indoors, they average 31 points a game. When they're outdoors, they average 18 a game. So That's a real thing. Yeah. Wow. 13-point 13, 13 difference. Matthew, how about your four-pointer? It's four points to the Niners. Okay. Good. All right. Three points. Brooke? Three points. Man, this is tough because I, I've been high on the Chiefs, and I still believe in them. But I think the better overall team is going to be the Ravens. And I think defensively, too, the Ravens' defense is going to be a big factor. Of course, you have Lamar Jackson and how dynamic that he is. But the matchup to watch this weekend is going to be Mark Hamilton and... Uh, Travis Kelsey because Travis Kelsey obviously as we know he's been doing a little bit better he really broke out in that last game and I think that's something that led Patrick Mahomes to feel a lot more comfortable throwing downfield but at the same time Hamilton have you guys seen him this season he is and so I think I'm going to go with the Ravens one because of what they're able to do offensively but then defensively as well they're just a really well-rounded group so I'm going with uh, the Ravens as well. I love their defense. How do you not? Statistically, number one in so many categories. And they cannot, I don't care what Spags throws at them, they will not be able to contain Lamar. Best player right now in the National Football mm-hmm. League. Electric, exciting. And I think he's got the most pressure on him, by the way, going into this weekend. Lives up to all that, and they send him uh, to the Super Bowl. Yesterday in practice, the Chiefs got limited participation from Mike Edwards, limited participation from Willie Gay, and conversely, the Ravens got full participation from Mark Andrews. I think that the Ravens will be able to score, and Spags will have a great plan against them, but I think the Ravens He's will... He's awesome, man. Yeah, he is. He's really good. He, he, he really is. But it, this one is one of those ones where it's not the X's and the O's, it's the Jimmy's and the Joe's. And so I, I think Baltimore wins this game, too. On the other side of the coin, I do think San Francisco will be, or Kansas City will be able to score. I think this has a chance to be a 20, kind of like the Buffalo game, 27-24 kind of game. But I think Baltimore comes out on top. All right. We all agree there. Yep. Matthew? I'm going to go a little bit different. I'm going to put oh, the Chiefs. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give the Chiefs three points on this one. I just, I just feel like they're rolling right now. And right, and I'm, I'm a big on, if you're the king, until you get completely dethroned, I'm, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. Unless you've just completely fallen off. And clearly the Chiefs haven't. Never underestimate the heart of a champion. There oh, there you go. 
All right, are we two doing points, two yep. points now? Also, I just want to correct myself real quick. I don't know why I said Mark Hamilton. I meant Kyle Hamilton. Excuse Mark me. Mark Hamilton? Uh, there, there was a Mark Hamilton somewhere that was famous. That, uh, ice skater. No idea why that was on my brain. But anyways, Kyle Hamilton, I think it's going to be a big matchup to watch this weekend with Travis Kelsey. My number two, and that's, this is why I hate this because I'm still high on the Chiefs, but I think it's going to be the Chiefs for my number two, for my two points. I'm going to give them. You can't bet against Patrick Mahomes. I still think, though, that offensively there's some holes there. There, and that's why I fully can't be in on them. And defensively, I've been really high on the Chiefs defense, but they're going to have their hands full. Chris Jones and the defense is going to have to do a really good job of slowing down Lamar Jackson in their run game. And they're going to have their hands full with that. So that is why I'm going with the Chiefs with the two points. So I'm with Rock here. I was uh, really debating whether to put Kansas City as my number three. I did go with him as a number two. The reason, though, I like Kansas City potentially in this game is what they did against Buffalo. They had seven possessions, five scoring drives. One of those resulted, by the way, one of those drives with the fumble that uh, was in the end zone. If not, they score even more. They average nine yards per pass attempt, second best this season mm-hmm. in the game against Buffalo. Average eight yards per play, the highest rate this season. So... While everybody was questioning their offense and Kelsey getting older and receivers are dropping everything in sight, they did have it going last weekend. And if they do, they make a game of it this weekend. Guys, my two-pointer is the Detroit Lions. They're healthy. They're diversified offensively. They've got a defense that can get after the quarterback. And the key is going to be, and obviously I have uh, San Francisco as number one, the key is going to be able to handle Christian McCaffrey for for them. Can the Detroit defense handle Christian McCaffrey and hold San Francisco below 18 points? Maybe you have an 18-17 kind of a game. That's going to be the key. I think Detroit is capable of that, and that's why I have them as my two-pointer. Yeah, Ravens are my clear, too. I, I, I fluctuated a lot between that one. I think the Chiefs are going to win, but it wouldn't shock me if the Ravens did it all, so that, they're my two yeah. easy. Okay, here's my one-pointer. Wow. Kansas City. And here's the thing. Isaiah Pacheco did not practice yesterday. Joe, Joe Tooney did not practice yesterday. Uh, they finally got some work out of Rishi Rice. He'll play. He won't have any problem. Uh, Ladarius Sneed, limited practice yesterday. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, limited practice yesterday. Uh, they, they just are so banged up. And when you're trying to block Justin Matabike and you don't have Joe Tooney, you got problems. And I, I think that there's a chance that the Baltimore defense might be able to stifle Kansas City. If Kansas City doesn't have Pacheco, they got pro- their, yeah. their running game is gone if they don't have Tooney and Pacheco. Mm-hmm. And so then all of a sudden, if Kansas City's one-dimensional, as great as Patrick Mahomes is, with that Baltimore defense, and you mentioned Hamilton and uh, a, guy, a guy like Matabike, uh, B- Clowney is back as a pass rusher. That's a really tough defense to score on. So I've got Kansas City as my number one. One point. My one point is going to be the Lions. And I really like the Lions and their personality this season, but I still think that they're a pretty young group. I think they have a high upside, but still the 49ers are just a beast. And I think that they're going to run into a lot of trouble this weekend with them. So the Lions, to me, and they are my one-pointer, if you will, they have to run the football, and sometimes your best defense is your offense to keep them off the field. And so I look at that being a huge key for them. Jameer Gibbs, team rushing, David Montgomery, fifth in the league. If they can run the football, they have a chance to win this game and keep it close. Dan, you remember the NFC Championship game for the 01 season when 
the offense, Andy Reid's offense for Philadelphia was so solid. And what the Rams do in the second half, they just started to hand it off to Marshall. And Marshall ran for almost 200 yards. I think he ran for like 125 in the second half. You're exactly right. That's the way Detroit's going to have to win the game. Run the football. Yep. Matthew. I mean, yeah, Detroit's my number one. Yeah, that's kind of just number process, one process, or one or, or point. My, my one pointer. My kids, that's I kind of process of elimination. Um, by the way, the, the total if you, I, I totaled up the scores, the uh, Chiefs got sixteen, the Ravens got eleven, the Chiefs got eight, and the Lions got five. There you go. There you have it. So uh, if you're putting your bets down on FanDuel this weekend or whatever, uh, don't listen to us. That's entertainment and information purposes only. <laughs> you sure about that? Yeah, pretty sure. Pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. Coming up, we're going to talk some golf with Jay Delsing. The Farmers is going on. A lot of things happening in the world of golf. And, of course, the golf show with Dan and uh, Jay coming up on Sunday morning. Jay is next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jay Delsing and Danny Mac have a great golf show. Golf with Jay Delsing Sunday mornings 8 to 10 here on 101 ESPN. Dan is already here. And Jay, as he does every Friday, joins us on the Celebrity Line. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Good morning. I, I think I heard a, I heard a word, weird uh, yo-ho this morning. Oh, you bet you did. Yeah, it was a fantastic <laughs> yo-ho. You bet you did. Yeah. You get uh, one my dog sat up and said, was that Danny Mac? Yeah, you, you, get, you get one Cooper yo-ho a show. Danny Mac yo-ho, I love it. One yo-ho a show, Jay. Let's just keep it there. We're growing. We're making steps here. All right, uh, Jay, a couple of things before uh, I let the other guys ask questions. First question, the PGA golf show in Orlando this week. Are we making a big mistake with this show not being at the golf show some year? This depends on the weather. If it's really super cold here, yeah, you're making a big mistake. Hey, Randy, for golf geeks, it is awesome. It is over a million square feet of just Anything and everything related to golf. It is it is really super cool. Okay, so uh, we'll plan on that for next year. My next question is this. The golfers are playing at Torrey Pines, and I was just running down with uh, Brooke and Danny, the the uh, leaders, and it's St- a guy named Stephen Yeager, Nikolai Hogard, Matthew Pavon, Thomas Detry, Tony Fino, we all know, Michael Kim, but then Joseph Bramlett, Emiliano Grillo, uh, Aaron Rye. Most of us would kill. Well, not kill. OJ might kill, but most of us would, would give a lot to play Tory Pines. But why? Why don't golfers want to play Tory Pines? You know, Randy. Everything is all upside down right now in the world of golf, and the, the certain events are elevated. You're required to play certain events. The next, the next tournament at uh, 
at Pebble is an elevated event. Then you have um, uh, in Arizona, the Waste Management, which is a huge event. And then it's followed up by Tiger's event in L.A. And so, uh, unfortunately, some of these events wind up being, uh, they just, they're, they're victims of the schedule and where they fall. And I will tell you this, Tory, you know, Jones came in and they call him the U.S. Open doctor, and he made the, the South course just weird, man. We played that in college, and it was it's a beautiful setting right out on the water, Black's Beach down there. I was told that that was a nude beach down there, but hmm. I hit a ball over there. I couldn't. My eyesight was good back then. Couldn't see anything, so <laughs> I don't care about that. But the golf course is, is beautiful, and, and what he did to it, um, I don't know, it's it's – it's 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 tough, man. It's not it's not that great to play anymore. Jay, a name that a lot of people haven't heard in a while, Anthony Kim is talking about his return to golf after an eleven year absence. As we remember, he had a really promising start to his golf career and then it got derailed because of injuries over a decade ago and reportedly he's considered coming back. What do you think about his return? Oh, I think it's fantastic. So Anthony Kim is was was he was a lot like Tiger in in, the, in his approach. He was brash. He was extremely confident. And um, I, I got to play with him. And I, Guys, he's as good a player as anyone I've ever seen. I talked to his teacher, coach, last night, and uh, he's uh, they're, they're all pretty tight-lipped about it. Um, so what happened with Anthony Kim is he, I think he won three or four tournaments in, in the first couple of years on tour. He had a phenomenal Ryder Cup. This is, guys, this is about 10 or 12 years ago on, on the, um, down in Valhalla, I think, where Paul Azinger was the, the uh, U.S. coach. Anthony Kim went out on, in the individuals and beat Sergio Gar- Garcia handily, which was, was, was really, really pretty cool. And, and then he wound up getting hurt. He hurt his thumb, and he, he wound up having a bunch of injuries. He wound up taking a $10 million, and this was a much bigger deal, you, you could imagine 12, 15 years ago, he wound up taking a huge um, insurance um, disability claim and said, look, at, my career's over. I can't play anymore. He got $10 million, but he has to give that back if he comes back. Well, with what's, what's happened with Liv and everything, I mean, $10 million bucks is nothing anymore. So there's a, there's a big rumor, and there have been rumors before. Uh, and and I followed them all. I just talked to his former coach, and he's going to come on the show, uh, but he's not going to be able to tell us anything until after the LA Open. So that's still a month away. So we're all going to just have to sit and wait a little what, a so little bit. This weekend, it's golf with Jay Delsing, eight to ten on Sunday morning here on one hundred and one ESPN. One of the guests, Jerry Haas, Belleville area native. He's the head coach at Wake Forest. Also, Bob Herrig, longtime golf reporter at SI and ESPN, and he has a new book coming out on Tiger Woods. But one of the things that we got into was can the PGA Tour and Live coexist? If they don't make a deal. I think it's very hard for Liv to prosper because they're going to be considered an outlier. They're not going to be part of the golf ecosystem. Are they ever going to get world ranking points? Would there still be a stigma with them? You see it today. People that just do not like it. They hate what they've done, and so they'll never accept it. They need the acceptance. They need TV windows, frankly. They don't have them right now. Next week, when they play their first event, it's up against Pebble Beach. What are you going to watch? I mean, are you going to go back and forth? Are you going to watch Pebble Beach? I mean, 
it, it's not a it's not as strict. We're going to just watch live. It's interesting. Randy and I were talking during the break in Brooke about the TV aspect of live in the PGA Tour. And maybe the best way to do this, Jay, is to stagger those to have an event early and an event late. And if it's the PGA Tour and live, maybe that's one way they coexist on the television side. Yeah, I think so. You know what I see happening, you guys, is they may fold one or two live events into a worldwide schedule and the rest will go away as as will this silly stupid format let's just call it what it is it's stupid we got 30 we got 54 holes 48 people playing no cut and a shotgun start i mean that's going to go away i I really believe it and and they're going to they're somehow going to come out of this thing with some sort of worldwide schedule and some worldwide events where there's going to be many more events played outside the U.S. And, and a good portion of those live events will just go away with the with the ridiculous format. That's what I think is going to happen. I just don't I can't I just can't figure out how they're they're going to evaluate what the PGA Tour is with. And I think that's it's worth because I think that's one of the massive stumbling blocks here before they can, you know, um, get this agreement worked out. There, there's just so many assets and so many I, I don't know. I, I, we, we asked Bob about that yesterday, Danny, and he was like, I don't know how you even begin to do that. And it's way above my pay grade. I can't figure it out. Yeah, I get it. Well, we're looking forward to the show on Sunday morning. Jay, it's always good to hear your voice. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it and enjoy your weekend. You too, guys. And can I just give a, a, a plug for uh, Mark Milton? He is the St. Louis STL tax attorney. We talk some really cool tax situations and modern day athletes. Albert Pujols, its contract when he left St. Louis, and some really, really interesting parts to that. But thanks for having me on, guys. You got it. We're looking forward to that on Sunday morning, 8 to 10. All right, that is Jay Delsing with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, get your text in to the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314-399-9646, 314-399-YOHO. Dan already did his for the day, and we do appreciate it. No it problem. beautiful. Tioli is Yo-ho. next on 101 ESPN. Oh, a second <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314 399 9646 and give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. All right, time for Tioli here on 101 ESPN, and we've all seen the video now of Jason Kelsey leaning out of the suite in Buffalo after Travis Kelsey scored the touchdown, and Jason obviously shirtless. And we heard yesterday on Rock and Roll from the New Heights podcast how Jason approached with his bride how he was going to go shirtless in said suite. There was not enough cameras on the suite where you could see Kylie, though. I wanted to see her reaction to all of this so bad. I'm not going to lie. I gave Kylie a heads up. The moment we got into the suite, I said, I'm taking my shirt off and I'm jumping out of that suite. And she said, Jason, right. don't you dare. I was like, hey, it's letting you know what's happening. I'm not asking for permission. I'm doing this. So yesterday, Kylie Kelsey tweets, 
quote, I'm not asking for permission. I'm doing this, unquote. <laughs> the exact quote I will say when I'm grabbing the keys to go get a cat. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I believe man. it was worth it. <laughs> I, I'm going to have to take it. 100% worth it. <laughs> Trade a shirtless Jason for a cat. Yeah, why not? I think they're he so fun. Yeah, yeah. I think that they're so fun. I don't understand why, and now you have the Kelsey brothers, the whole situation. I know that a lot of people fixate on Taylor Swift, but now it seems like there's some hate going towards the wife, like Kelsey's wife and all the different kinds of stuff. I don't understand it. I think this is all so much fun. There's a lot of hate in the world. Too much. I think he's great. I think he's great for sports. I think he's entertainment. And that's what this ultimately is supposed to be about. what it's all about. And when he decides to do some more broadcasting, just let him be him. You don't have to put him in a suit. Just let him be him. But have a delay. Oh. Me, yeah, 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 you might need to Dumb do that. Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it, guys. Um, I am going to throw another conspiracy theory. I, I'm all in on the Bill Belichick conspiracy theories this morning. Like it. Okay, he'll sit out this year, and then he will become the Cowboys head coach next season. Ooh, Brooke, I think I'm that's interesting. That. But I'm going to leave it, because I still don't think that Jerry Jones has it in him to allow that sort of power. But I have put After some thought keeping into this. McCarthy for another year, a lot of people didn't think that he would do that. But will how will Belichick? If Belichick wanted Rich McKay out in Atlanta, how's he going to handle an owner that gives press conferences after the Don't game? Don't you think that this interview process maybe humbled him a little bit? Perhaps. How about this one though? How about after a one and four start, Bill Belichick takes over the Jets and Aaron Rodgers and the great defense next year? Do you think there's any way I like that one. the Jets and Belichick could coexist? It's a different ownership now. He left a I different ownership. It. Yeah, I, I think get I think it. they can. But it, with all the media and the things that happened and the ugly way it ended, I, I know the, the participants are different. I get it, but I, I think they could because those owners they, they are the most hands off owners in football. The the Johnson brothers are. Uh, Johnson and Johnson, as yep. a matter of fact, uh, they, they let Joe Douglas and uh, and Sala. They, they're letting them hang themselves. So I think that they would. I, I think they could easily coexist. Okay, Missouri football next year at home has Murray State, win. Buffalo. Win. Yeah, go through your wins here. Okay, I'll, I, it'll lead to what I'm doing. <laughs> Both okay. you guys. So Buffalo win. win. Boston College win. Vanderbilt win. win. Texas A&M at Texas A&M. Right. That, that is, is at is, Texas. Yeah. Yes. Either, the, either way, it's a win. UMass win. Win. Auburn win. Ooh, that's always a good one. At but Alabama win. loss. Might Oklahoma loss. at home win. Win. South Carolina at South Carolina win. win. Mississippi State and Starks uh, Starkville win. That's a win. Arkansas at home in win. Uh, Columbia Easy win. That's eleven and one. So the Vegas odds have the over under at nine and a half. Take it or leave it. The uh, the Missouri Tigers are. Over nine and a half. I think I just went uh, over. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to take that. They have a chance to do that. Yeah. I, I, who would have thought that a few years ago with this program was at and going in the SEC and getting just steamrolled by some of these teams. It looked like he had never had a chance. And now they have a legitimate shot to be one of the top seeds going into the college football playoff. Here's another uh, fun and interesting thought process from me. Take it or leave it. Mike Vrabel for the defensive coordinator at Mizzou. Oh, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to leave that. That might, that might be a big difference. Steve Wilkes was an NFL head coach and defensive coordinator who found what? himself as the defensive coordinator Aren't at Mizzou. are you guys surprised this hasn't been filled yet? Different. Yeah. He's got money. Uh, he's definitely talking to NFL guys. You think so? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. So uh, so yeah, anything's possible at the university. They're, they're, they're paying money. They, they like winning at Mizzou. The, the money people like, they, they discovered, oh, this is fun. So, yeah, they're, <laughs> they're willing fun. to pay. Uh, Matthew, what do you got on the text line? 
take it or leave it. The Cardinals should have spent that money on Bader instead of Marp. Didn't Bader get like $10 million? Yeah, yeah leave that. I'm going to leave that. I, I, yeah. I, sometimes I got to read dumb ones. Just yes. it's, uh, well, you know, they they nope. wanted to say yeah. it. 10 okay. million versus one. Don't don't you don't have to, dumb. You don't, I didn't say they were dumb. I said the, yeah. I said the, the take it or leave it was. Harrison Bader could get you 10 Come completely on. different things. Jeez. So Bader got 10. What do you get? 10 and a half? Yeah, from the Reds, right? No, uh, he's no, going he's to not, the Mets. Yeah, yeah, Mets. He's going that's to the right. Mets. Yeah. He was with the Reds last year. Yeah, so yeah, ten and a half million from the Mets, as yep. opposed to the league minimum, right? Yeah, for there's... the uh, from the Cardinals. Yeah, so I'm going to leave it. Take it or leave it. Purdy will throw two interceptions, and the 49ers lose by seven points. Leave it. I'm going to leave that. Brock Purdy is going to have a massive weekend. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. He's going to light it up. I, I I do think there's something to the weather last week. I also think there's something, and we saw it a little bit with Baltimore in the first half, having the layoff of the week before. Mm-hmm. I agree. And just trying to catch up and make sure that you're back into the game speed and the things that happen, especially at the playoff level. I think there's something to that. Yeah, I can see George Kittle having a big weekend. Big game for the Niners. He better be able to block a little bit and chip. Yeah. They, they, they're going to have to need Aiden some help Hutchinson. On, on Hutchinson, no yep. doubt. Take it or leave it. Aaron Rodgers would mellow out Belichick if he took over the oh, Jets. Oh, totally job. take it. Yeah. I actually didn't even think about that. Yeah, could you imagine Aaron Belichick Rogers going would... on the darkness retreat? Yes. No. no. Yes, I could. I want to really? see. I want to sure. see Bill Belichick on mushrooms. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, he would. He that would, would be on an ayahuasca trip. That would yeah. be delightful. He wants a he wants a relationship with his QB. Maybe that's the key. That if that does happen, they do have to go to the darkness retreat together. That would and be have so a kumbaya fun. moment. Yeah. How fitting. The Prince of Darkness going into a darkness retreat. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel, Randy. <laughs> Take it or leave it. Mike McCarthy and Mike Tomlin are essentially the same coach. They have the same record. One just gets a lot of hate because he's fat. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. Uh, I am going to uh, leave. Well, I'm going to go ahead and leave that, too. Yeah, yeah. Leave that. Take it or leave it, though. Okay, so you are, you, you've got a team that finished... Nine and eight this year. And you have the choice of hiring <coughs> McCarthy and giving him power to build a staff and personnel or Tomlin to build a staff and get personnel. Who are you taking? I'm going to take Mike Tomlin, who, mm-hmm. by the way, also has probably the fewest amount of coaches on mm-hmm. his staff than anybody else in the National right. Football League. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, they're, they're going to encourage him to add to his staff. Yeah, I'm and gonna, that's going to be yeah. part of what, him right. coming back. Yeah, I am. I'm going to take Tomlin as well. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Tomlin all day. And by the way, I think that Mike McCarthy is underrated. I, I, if he sure is, I, I would love to have a team that goes twelve, 12 and five, and five every, year. every year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love Mike Tomlin, but here's the thing: I've heard a lot of. There's been a lot of offensive coordinator issues under under Tomlin. Arians had had some issues at times, and then you had the Canada thing that which went went on, went on way too Todd long. Todd, he's had some offensive coordinator problems in his yeah. time there, and a lot of those were papered over by Big Ben. Exactly, yeah. and so I, and, and McCarthy. I, th- I mean, he's had some. He, I mean, I can't remember any of his coordinators like becoming head coaches and blowing up. You know, you know, completely in their face off the top of my head. No. By the way, here's a fun fact for you. I, th- I sent this one to you guys last night. The last time Bill Parcells coached in the NFL was 2006. Right now, the Bill Parcells coaching tree has three members in the NFL current coaching community Mm -hmm. with Sean Payton, Dan Campbell, and uh, who just, uh, I've got three of them. Uh, The Bill Belichick coaching tree, if you want to count Brian Dayball, has him and what other. There's more Parcells coaching (laughs) 
uh, tree members right now in the NFL, even though he hasn't coached since 2006. You have quite the disdain for Bill Belichick. No, I'm, I'm, the, I, I, I'm, these are facts. Facts don't have feelings, Dan. Yeah. Uh, Belichick coaching tree in the NFL, Gerard Mayo and maybe Brian Dayball. Parcells coaching tree, Dan Campbell, Todd Bowles, Sean Payton. Okay, facts <laughs> maybe don't have feelings, but you can definitely use your facts to play into your feelings. Oh, but here's the thing. Uh, oh, oh, stone face. Let me right just now. run. Uh, uh, I'm trying to find Charlie Weiss. Poker face. <laughs> trying to find Romeo <laughs> Cornell. Trying to find. Uh, no, Randy, I, I love this. I, I truly uh, do. It's not that hard right. to find Charlie Weiss. Trying to find. <laughs> trying, where's Eric Mangini on this list? Oh, that's <laughs> a little weird. less hard to find, but still. Where's uh, Josh McDaniels? Um, oh, no. Where's oh, Bill O'Brien? No. Um, he's in college. So, no, I'm not finding many uh, of the Belichick coaching tree guys that are coaching right now. Mm-mm. Hmm. I wonder why. Hmm. Matt Patricia just killed Matt it. Patricia. Hmm. Yeah. What does he do now? I killed it, I mean. Oh, that's a great question. Where's Mangini? A TV somewhere. I think Fox or something. Is that what he's doing? Yeah, they all wind up doing media. Yeah. yeah. Well, why not? It's, you know, not Glamorous. coaching, not no. the pressure. You just come and sit down like we do and talk yeah. about sports. That's, that's right. It's not you a bad know deal. I enjoy coaching-wise that's on TV? Rex Ryan. I think he does a great job. I do, too. You know, NFL I, countdown. Yeah, he's I, I enjoy watching him a lot. And he did a good job. His winning percentage without Tom Brady as his quarterback is way better than Belichick's. you got to let it go, Randy. No, this point, you got to let it go. Again, facts. I know some people don't like facts, but I, I love facts. They're, they're fun. Take it or leave it. Robert Thomas, our 930 guest, by the way, for today's Robbie, show. Tommy. Tommy. Finishes the season with 90 points. Take it. I'm going to take it. He's already on pace for it. Yeah, he's going to do it. So how many points does he have right now? Blues are just past the midway point of the season. He's at, what, 47, 48? He's currently he's at sitting 47? at 49, of, 49. 49 oh. points in 46 games. So he has to... It's a point-per-game pace, just technically slightly he's above. Got to, yeah, he's got to tick it up just like by like point, like one points per game to get him on pace for 90, I think. Yeah. I think he's just under right now. But the schedule softens up significantly. It sure does. There you go. And he's—I mean—he's on a tear. Two assist game last uh, last game. Two assists before that. I mean, yeah, he's been killing it lately. It could be fascinating to see what the Blues do if they're playing like this level of hockey and they're playing a much better game. You come trade deadline time, what they want to do? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, do you say we're we're going to be good enough to go get the playoffs or at least just get in, which is an accomplishment. You want to do that, mm-hmm. but they do have parts that I'm sure other teams would want. You know, is part of this retool, do you sell a little bit or not? Aside from Buchnevich, and maybe a, a defenseman steps up, maybe a Scandella becomes attractive to somebody or a Letty. But I, I think Buchnevich is really the only forward that a playoff team, somebody who's trying to make the playoffs, that would be the final piece of the puzzle. I can't think of anybody else that the Blues would want to move or that would be valuable enough to move. I don't, I don't think, for example, a, a playoff team that thinks they can get over the top would want Sod. I think a playoff team would want Colton Pareko. But I don't think the Blues move him under any. Oh, he's yeah. an untouchable. Yeah. I agree. And he's got a no trade. Yeah. So even if they wanted to, you had to go to him. Yeah. But if you're looking for assets of yeah. the type of player, I mean, that kind of guy is valuable, man, come oh, playoff yeah. time. That's a, it, for me, he's untouchable. But you, that's the kind of guy you have to get three number one picks for. Sure. And even then, it's a team that's probably good. I don't, I, I'm not even listening on Colton Pareko. And I don't think that Shen. At this point in his career, is a guy that they move. You don't move Thomas. You can't move Kairou. I just don't know that there's a lot there. Probably can't move Krug. I no. think Buchnevich is the one that you would have to, because yeah. that's what teams would be looking for. I don't want to move on from him, but if you're trying to get something in return, then that might be the move. Yeah. 
tricky so, part with a booch trade at this point is that it's you know good teams don't have a lot of cap room and so how do you know how do you get the money back to make the trade possible on their end while also adequately preparing for the future and getting pieces for the future from the team who's good but doesn't have the cap room. and it does become a lot easier when there's only 18 games left in the season or whatever mm-hmm. 18 or 20 games left uh, it's easier for the math people in hockey to manipulate the cap that way then if you get a call if you're army and you get a call about pareko you listening at all i'm listening Really? Okay. I am listening. I, I as wouldn't much listen. as it makes pain me, but I'm at least listening. Okay. Interesting, yeah. because I think he's, uh, I think the core, and JR wrote about this last week at, at The Athletic, if you want to read about it, but I think the core right now has to be Thomas and, and Pareko. I, I'm with you. I think it is too, but I got to I gotta take the thousand foot view of where I'm at as a franchise. Mm-hmm. And is this truly a retool, which is just to tinker a little bit, wait mm-hmm. for these young kids to come up, or am I rebuilding? And only he knows the real answer to that question. Mm-hmm. You know, you, I think when you're saying it to the fans, you're saying retool, still competitive, instead of saying this is a complete teardown, we're rebuilding this thing. Here's the thing, though. If you do what Chicago's done, I, this ownership doesn't want to lose that much money. Absolutely. And no. they, the, the difference between making and losing money for the Blues is making or, or not making the playoffs. It's huge. I don't think they can afford to go into season saying, yeah, we're only going to wind up with, uh, with 68 points this year. By the way, I want to make sure that you, I'm saying this right. I would not trade Colton Pareko. No. I would listen. Yeah, I, he's mm-hmm. playing at the best level I've seen him play at in his career. When you look at the, the games that he just – he almost played 27 minutes the other night. On a back-to-back, when he played 25 the night before right. and played at a great level. He's, he's playing the best hockey of, of his career right now. Yeah. Thanks for your text. Coming up, more texts. And if you want to send a mic drop, what's your menu for Sunday before the NFC and AFC championship games or during? Uh, we've, we've kind of given you ours, but what, what kind of food are you preparing on Sunday? I just unilaterally made a change to our show. I was like, <laughs> I, just, I literally just looked down yep. at the rundown. I was like, excuse yep. we, me? We talked about what it just early. happened? We want to hear from you next on this Friday Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. 807 in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. This text to the Air Comfort Service text line from the 636. I'll be eating blackened raven on Sunday. I know I don't want to eat crow. Hashtag go Chiefs. We did that when the Falcons would come to town. We would have fried raven, fried chicken. But it was uh, we had fried falcon back in the day. So, yeah, uh, raven would be a good thing to have for you Chiefs fans on Sunday. Never fried, had a raven. Fried. That uh, tastes like chicken. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Does it's, it? <laughs> I'll take your uh, word for it, Randy. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I want to try that yep. one uh, whatsoever. From the 618, no doubters, smoked honey hot chicken wings. Ooh. Don't yeah. you think people yeah. just in general don't, uh, don't, don't they just do their normal football fare? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, you take it to another level, Randy, as you take many things. Mm-hmm to another level, but you have a theme for each Sunday for those particular games, So, which I love. I yeah. think it's great. I just think most, I don't know if I want to call them normal people, because mm-hmm. you are exceptional, and you're not normal. You're, <laughs> you're way out there sometimes. Mm-hmm. You take it to a different level where other people are like, okay, the games are on. I'm going to make a pizza or some make nachos. some nachos, chicken wings, you know, the football fair. Well, um, I, I use my Lindenwood education, Dan. Maybe this explains it too. Yeah, so for I, me too. I, I've and I use the Google machine. So, <laughs> what are certain cities 
known for. For example, we, we mentioned the, the Fried Falcon with Atlanta. Coca-Cola, based in Atlanta. We would always have Coca-Cola. Uh, some cities are hard. My favorite tailgates were New Orleans because we'd make gumbo, we'd make jambalaya, uh, we'd have like uh, barbecue What'd you put shrimp. in your gumbo? Everything. Yeah. It Just was, throw it all in yeah. there and have at it. The key is, though, to be able to make a roux. And yes. I, I would make a roux. And it What's was, a roux? A, a roux is like a flowery-based foundation for mm-hmm. your gumbo. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking yeah. about now. And, and that was really good. So, for... San Francisco, for example. Now, I know that this is New England clam chowder, but San Francisco has great clam chowder, so I would make that. Uh, Like a shrimp salad is really good for San Francisco. Big game fudge for San Francisco is always really good. And then for a a city like Kansas City, where they feel like they're famous for their barbecue, you get some some lesser barbecue so that you could have enjoy Kansas City. Uh, and, and then like Baltimore, crab cakes, right? So th- mm-hmm. this weekend kind of sets up for itself. So I'm concerned for Brooke. As um, she's mm-hmm. talked about at the Missouri Athletic Club, she's mm-hmm. working very hard to get in just this incredible shape <laughs> for her yes, wedding. Uh, and then you have this big day, this big football day. And Randy, you're talking about all these foods and bringing in Reese's footballs this morning. Uh, Brooke, I'm a little <laughs> concerned for you hey, in, approaching no, uh, this I weekend. One, yeah, Dan, it's... didn't you hear how persuasive he was this morning too? Yes. And I said, I said, Randy, no, I don't, I don't need one. I love these, but I don't need one. And what did he say, Randy? Break us down it's about like the how healthiest this is... thing you could have. Okay. And how is that? Okay, so uh, when I was growing up, you had the four food groups. So I'm concerned for you. Now you have a ridiculous food pyramid, and I don't even know, and I'm not going to learn how the food (laughs) pyramid works. Uh, But you've got your dairy with milk, chocolate. Do you not? You've got your protein with peanuts, just like having steak. Uh, you've got. uh, (laughs) By the way, you've also got skim milk to help out with with your dairy here. Uh, You have vegetable vegetable oil right so there's your fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. and then um, you've got flour so you've, you've got your starch so all four food groups are present in a Reese's peanut butter cup or a Reese's peanut butter football let me see that it's box like you the, got here Randy one of the healthiest things that you could have in life look at, is Reese's here, don't Matthew. Matthew. I'm not. I'm ready to see how oh, many are in here. I, I, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, it'll last the weekend. Give me another one. No, 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 no I, I need go, another bro. one. Thank you. There you go. Another so, Randy, one. there's probably another 36, one. Dan. 36. Okay. It is January 26 uh-huh. with 36 of these in this box. Yes, sir. By the, uh, <laughs> let's see, 27, 28. So, okay. And by the end of the 28th, how many of those will be left? None. It'll be done. Gone. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be spread out among family members, or this family all members, you? Family f- members, uh, friends here at the station. Yeah, no, oh, not okay. all me. Not all me. I, I thought you were, this is a solo mission. Uh, so no. anyway, uh, for your get-together on Sunday, just a couple more. Uh, let me just uh, refresh here so that uh, we can get a couple more texts. Uh, Rice-a-roni, the San Francisco treat. That's a great call for the 49ers. Rice-a-roni? Uh, Rice-a-roni. Yeah. Really? Yeah, San huh. Francisco treat. That would be fun to have. So somebody else is having rice aroni. The best dip for Super Bowl parties aside from buffalo, French onion, spinach, artichoke, or taco dip? Question mark. I would say the French onion dip for chips. I like French onion dip. You guys? My wife makes an unbelievable spinach artichoke dip. So I'm I'm all in. When she makes that, it's over. I got to ask, tortilla chips, pita chips, like what what are we doing here? Anything. With your spinach mm-hmm. Put your finger in it. Because the dip is what matters the <laughs> exactly. most. That it doesn't matter what you're Fair dipping enough. in there. Fair enough. I like this one, Randy. I'll be fusing the regional specialties of the teams this weekend by making Detroit-style pizza with a sourdough crust for the NFC Championship game nice. and then making barbecue crab cakes for the AFC oh, Championship well done. game. Well I like done. this Thank guy's, you. Yeah. I like the cut well of this done. guy's gym. Yeah. Don't you get full after the first go-around, Randy? 
Well, it's, you've got an early game, so you do pregame for early and then halftime of the second game. So it's early lunch, is lunch what? And dinner. Uh, what time is the game this weekend? Two o'clock for the first game. St. Louis time? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then the second game starts at 5.30. So you have like a, a 1.30 and then 7 o'clock. So yeah. It's all right. Doesn't it make you a little uncomfortable, guys, when you eat that much and you're sitting on the couch and you're like, man, I ate too much. This is, I'm not enjoying the game. You know what I, I do, ate though? Too much. You know what I do, though? I just go I go grab another nacho or wing. Yeah, and just, 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 just say that. Well, then, and we should note, by the way, and I don't know if the orders are full, but if you want awesome wings, just call our friends at Fenton Bar and Grill. Go and pick some up. They, they've got them to go for Sunday. Randy, uh, do you do the spots for them? I, I do, yeah. <laughs> I, Fenton, I had lunch at Fenton Bar and Grill yeah. yesterday. Did you? What'd you have? I had uh, uh, what the it's, it's a B B B B or as I say it bacon lettuce and tomato <laughs> bacon lettuce and tomato from yeah. Fenton Barn Grill yeah okay it, it was delicious good okay so yeah that's what I had for what's lunch. the special today I know you probably do you have a spot coming up later or is this oh, yeah okay I, I, if I don't I'll tell you what the special is later <laughs> <All right. laughs> it's a secret um, yeah. um, maybe maybe not um, go ahead and tell them the special now. Uh, you know what? I would have to look it up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, good. But we'll, I, we'll I thought that you. maybe in the morning that, that you had just knew the special. They sent it to you first thing in the morning. You know, the funny thing is I know the specials like for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. I don't know why I, I don't know on Friday, but... I don't I'll, think you ever I'll, do the reads on Friday. That's why. That, that might be it. <laughs> so uh, there you have it. That's your fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Fresh. Food. Food. Sunday. Yeah. Uh, NFC, AFC Championship. Intake, a lot of food. Yeah. Our buddy Joe Vitale is next. We're going to find out what his menu is for Sunday. And by well, the way, we're talking a lot of Sunday. sports this morning. I like well, it. Joe is a good menu guy. Oh, oh I'm sure. Oh, yeah. yes. So uh, he's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Mitsubishi Electric Elite Contractor. With Brooke and Dan and Randy on 101 ESPN. Good morning, Joe Vitale. How are you doing, brother? Hey, Randy. It's a Friday morning. I'm doing great, buddy. How are you? Everything's good. Okay, I've been talking about my menu for Sunday before the AFC and NFC Championship games. I like to make food that is indigenous to the city, and I'm a clam chowder guy for San Francisco. So tell me your feelings about clam chowder, and do you have a favorite? Ooh, yeah. Listen, clam chowder, I'm a big fan of. You know, I spent four years in Boston. Uh, at Northeastern University, and there was a place up there called Legal Seafood. Have you heard of this? Legal I've been there. Okay, so you've been there. Um, Legal Seafood, and I was new to Boston, and I remember I stopped off at Legal Seafood my freshman year, and I had this like bowl of clam chowder. And I'm, I'm walking in, I'm walking in illegal, thinking, okay, I found the spot. This clam chowder is lights out, and so I go there like my whole freshman year, and then. I ended up taking my parents out and some of my teammates, the locals to Boston, uh, they wanted to go to dinner. My parents were like, hey, grab somebody, let's go to dinner. I'm like, mom, dad, I got it covered. I got the greatest seafood spot in Boston. It's just down the street from us. We're going to legal seafood. And they're like, perfect. So I, I grabbed some of my buddies and like, hey, Joe V, where are we going tonight with the, with the folks? And they're excited because my parents are paying for the bill. You know, that's how, that's how college kids are. And I go, guys, guys, I got the spot. We're going to legal seafood. You should have seen the face of disgust 
when I said we're going. Apparently, legal seafood up in Boston's like going to the Olive Garden if you love Italian. Really? That, that, yeah, and I didn't know that. And then I found out later it's like a chain. There's like hundreds of them, and now it's like nationwide. So here I was the whole time thinking this is like a one 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 stop like mom and pop shop. They're doing everything right, and it turns out that it was a, a pretty big chain. It's still great. Don't get me wrong. But now I've learned to do a little bit more research. There's an oyster house in Boston in the North End. In all seriousness, now that that has probably the best seafood, it's just tough to get into. But uh, listen, Randy, I'm I'm all for the clam chowder. Big big fan. You you feel it afterwards. It doesn't sit well for a couple of days, but yep. it's definitely one of the best. So, what are your non-negotiables for your game day menu? If you're sitting down to watch a game, what do you have to have there? Oh my gosh. <sighs> I think nowadays, I don't know, nowadays, but just a cup of coffee. I mean, just something to get me through the day. I mean, I don't know. I just, uh, I would say, I would say a cup of coffee and just maybe, maybe one free hand to, to eat something. I, I don't know. I'm pretty simple these days, but yeah, I've always, I've always felt good about sitting down and, you know, just, just having some sort of nacho, nachos for, for football. It's kind of, it's kind of our thing at, at our house. And uh, the kids obviously get involved and they make them. They of course load up the cheese, and then it breaks out into a fight. Usually a couple minutes in, because you know with so much cheese, it's all like sticking together, and they're like sharing from the platter. And you know one one knucklehead on on my end will just grab one, and then they end up taking half the plate because it's all stuck together. And then they all start yelling at each other. But then the one's got the argument. Well, it's like it's still one nacho because it's stuck together. So. That usually when it breaks out, then mom and dad got to be referees. But uh, to answer your question, I mean, I listen. I haven't sat down and watched a football game from start to finish. I, I don't even know how long. I can't even get through five minutes without breaking up a fight or, or wiping a couple <laughs> of these days. But it's, it's all great, and certainly looking forward to this weekend. Joey, go ahead, uh, Randy. I, I was just going to turn to the Blues a little bit. Those are two pretty darn good wins. The comeback win in Calgary and then staving off the, the Canucks the other night. Those were two impressive wins by the Blues. Yeah, they were. I mean, this team, it, it's a funny group. It's a really funny group to watch. You know, I've had the pleasure of watching them in depth for the last six years, and, and they go down stretches like this. And, and what do I mean by they're funny? They're funny because you get out chanced uh, badly in Vancouver. I mean, badly. I mean, you. Look, I told that Alex the other day, we were talking about this and laughing about it, but if you were to show me the stat line, after that Vancouver game, if you were to show 100 people the stat line after that Vancouver game and say, tell me who wins this game, I mean, 99 out of 100 would say, okay, that's Vancouver's win, no doubt. They were out chance, They were out-attempted. Uh, they were out-hit. The Blues had 16 turnovers in the D zone. I mean, it's just all the things did not add up, right? And then, of course, you win the game. And, and that's kind of the Blues way uh, through a lot of stretches the last you know, few years, especially with the goaltending they're getting. And that's what really stands out about this team is they're getting great goaltending. And when you're getting good goaltending early on, like we saw for Joel Hofer, uh, you can outpatient a team. You can get an early save. You can give your team a little bit of belief, put a little bit of doubt on the other squad, and then take advantage of opportunities. So that's something that really stands out. Uh, it was a resilient win. Uh, of course, in Calgary, being down by two goals, uh, the 
Blue's shorthanded side of things continues to uh, propel them in a lot of great ways. Another good good uh, shorthanded goal for Braden Shen, who's on a three-game goal streak right now, who was a little bit slow there for a while midseason. So, again, good teams right now finding different ways to win games. Uh, but, but yeah, it is. It's quite an anomaly sometimes when you look at these, these teams and how they're winning games. And uh, But I, I keep going back to goaltending. Right now we're getting terrific goaltending. We saw it in Vancouver. And, and you know, it is no, no dig at Jacob Markstrom, but I, I just – I think that he got out goaltended that game. Jordan Bennington was stellar in Calgary. Uh, Jacob Marshall was certainly sharp early, but then his game really fell off. So, and, and he's been known to have some games fall off on him against the St. Louis Blues, and, and goaltending to me has been the number one reason why uh, the Blues are 2-0 on this road trip and looking to make it a perfect road trip against the Kraken here tonight. Joey, when you're watching a game and, and fans are, are watching along with you, when do you know that Bennington is right? Not just looking at, oh, he made 14 saves in the period, but what, what do you see from the player's point of view in your eyes that you know that this guy is locked in for the night? You know, it's not, it's not necessarily making that first save, Dan, to answer your question, it's, it's just kind of seeing how the trend goes. But there's always one save in the game. And I, I usually will say it on the broadcast or like I've been doing the last couple of games for Bally, and I, I'll mark a save. Yeah, I, think, I think it was a save on Gilbert he made versus the Calgary Flames. It was in the third period. I think the Blues were down three to two. And there's like a big moment. Just, you just feel it, right? You feel the, the tension. Maybe the team's starting to make a push. And you just know something big is going to happen. And all of a sudden, I think it was Gilbert who came down point blank and snapped one. And Biddington made, made a glove save. And you just you look at the reaction of the player who shot it. You look at the reaction of the bench. You feel the energy in the building if you're on the road kind of drop or the energy rise if you're at home. And it's just that kind of turning point save. And so certainly in Calgary, that, that was the moment. You know, Joel Hofer, of course, made some terrific ones. I think it was on Elias Pedersen on the short side when they were, I believe, one goal away, and eventually they end up tying it and go, we're going to an overtime. But, um, you know, then you found it in overtime when he makes the glove save on the breakaway, then he dishes it off, and moments later, Braden Shen uh, scores the goal. So I would say it's not any particular time in the game. It's just it's just the big moment where you just need a huge save, but certainly – especially for Bennington, it really does stand out just about every single game when the Blues are getting wins, and, and it still has been the biggest difference maker for this team. Joey, because you are so knowledgeable and curious and you pay attention to stuff, I want you to weigh in on a discussion we've had here. Uh, I grew up with the four food groups, and uh, this morning uh, when I came in, there was a, a box of Reese's footballs waiting for me, and the four food groups are a starch, a protein, a dairy, and a uh, fruit or vegetable. Well, the, the Reese's football, right off the bat, you've got peanuts, that's a protein. Uh, you've got skim milk, that's dairy. You've got vegetable oil, that's vegetable. And then, of course, the peanuts provide, uh, the, the, and flour provides the starch. I, I argue, tell me uh, that I'm wrong, that all four food groups are present in the Reese's peanut butter cup, or in this case, the Reese's foot peanut butter football. Hey, listen, technically, you're bang on. I think you rock with it. I think I think you have to go with it. So you had the four for groups. I grew up with the pyramid. Now that's different, correct? Uh -huh. It is. Yeah, I, I I don't agree with the pyramid because it doesn't fit my narrative. Okay. Yeah. So the pyramid would would kibosh it. Uh, the pyramid, I I speak on behalf of because the bottom. If you remember the pyramid, the bottom just bread. It's just, it's just the foundation of bread and like, and like pasta 
and rice and grains and cereal and oats and just lots of bread. So I'm like, you know what? This makes sense to me. So I'm going to rock with this one. So, Brandy, I think it's kind of whatever – Whatever, whatever you grew up with, whatever fits your narrative, I guess is the best way, like you said, uh, to put it. You know, the game has changed a ton. I'll never forget when I was at uh, the pediatrician. I was like 10 years old. I still remember this. And my mom, God bless her, I'm one of six. And, you know, we used to hit McDonald's and fast food joints. We, we, we were a casserole family. We had eight pounds of feed. You know, my dad worked late. Um, and, you know, she was asking about diet. I'll never forget the pediatrician. I'm not going to give you his name because he may still be, he may still be practicing. <laughs> but he's like, McDonald's, fine. Listen, you got a burger, right? The meat, protein, ketchup. That's a vegetable. You got the bun. There's your carb. And the cheese is dairy. Marianne, you're doing fine. Keep it up. I'm, I'm thinking, like, I'm 10 years old. This doesn't sound right. But I'm going to still go with it because I love myself a good old Happy Meal. Uh, so... But you know, at the end of the day, Randy, here you are talking to me. Here I am talking to you. Dan and Brooke, we're all here talking together. We never made the, the, the healthiest food choices in our lifetime. So what is right? What is wrong? I, I don't know. Who knows anymore? Yeah, it's, as long as I always tell people, last thing I ever eat is going to be good. That, that's right. And hopefully it's uh, hopefully for me, at least it's a carrot cake. That is fresh off the Traeger Grill from Randy Carter. <laughs> you know, that's that's coming your way. I'm, I've actually been looking at the Blues schedule. You've been saying it's coming his uh, well, way for a long thing. time, Randy. Yeah. The schedule has been so weird. Joey, I don't want to have it be a situation where I bring you a carrot cake at a hockey game and then you're flying the next day. I want to, right? That's fair, isn't it? It's 100% fair. And you know what, Randy? I feel for you. Whenever you uh, master something or uh, come close to master something and you want to give it, you have to be prepared to get more flack than, than praise. I mean, that's every now and then I'll bring a loaf of bread to someone and, and I'll go home so defeated. I'm like, oh, my wife's like, what's wrong? It's like, well, I got 18 people upset at me because I brought two loaves of bread to two different people. And, and, that, and that's how it is with the carrot cake. I mean, you brought that carrot cake into the booth a couple of times and people are looking and scratching their heads and they're mad at you. They're mad at me because I don't share my carrot cake. Like I eat half of it on the way home after a game because usually that's when my, uh, mm-hmm. I stress eat. And then I save the other half for my kids the next morning. So I don't like to share my carrot cake. So you're going to hurt more feelings probably at the end of the day than uh, you hope for. But uh, certainly, certainly it's a, a worthy thing. And, and I'm, I'm ready for it. Listen, this belly is ready for a rainy carrot uh, character, carrot cake, whenever you're ready for it. All right. Hey, uh, we'll be tuned in tonight. You're on Bally, right? Pre, pre-intermissions and post-game, right? Yeah, we're on the uh, the, the pre-intermission and post tonight. Uh, it's Alexa and then uh, Jamal Mayers is with me. So we got a three-man uh, three desk. We're going to break down some shorthanded goals in the pre-game show. So make sure you tune in there. And uh, Chris Kerber will be on the call with Cam Jansen tonight. Bam, bam, Cam. All right. Love it. <laughs> Joey, we love you. Thanks, brother. Have a good weekend. You guys, we'll, uh, we'll be talking here next week. You bet. That's uh, the great Joe Vitale with us on 101 ESPN. See, it's it, it's whatever it fits your narrative. That's what you got to go with. McDonald's burger. That that doctor made all the sense in the world to me. Yeah, and now everybody wants your carrot cake, Randy. Carrot carrot cake. So, but with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, yeah I, you're not giving it to anybody else. Let's oh, go. No, you're, you're getting it. Oh, uh, you've been saying that well, for weeks. <laughs> you're getting it. Uh, Rivs is getting it. Joey's getting it. It's, uh, Can I get on Brooke? the list? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah I felt yeah. like. Left out there it, it, for a no, little bit, and, and Matthew's had one before, but we'll get back. See, that's the thing. I got a, I got a busy day on the Traeger coming up. You do, but uh, it's fun. You've it's been around, it. you know. I have uh, coming up here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, do we need a fighter? 
Indeed. All right. Uh, so if you want to fight, here's the thing that you need to do. You need to text in to the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. Yo-ho! With your name and the word fight, and maybe Matthew will pick you to fight against me next on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the Brooke Grimsley here alongside Danny Mac, Brady Carriker, Matthew Rocchio, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Kevin. Kevin, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Are you excited? Is this your first time facing Randy in the fight? Uh, the first time to be humili- humiliated in public. Uh, no. I have, uh, no. been humiliated many times in private. <laughs> no. We, we believe in you, Kevin. Right, Dan? Right. Absolutely. You're going right. to do well. We're pulling for you, so good luck. All right. All right, thanks. Okay, you ready for question number one, Kevin? Bring it. With the Lions' appearance this weekend in the NFC Championship game, there are now two NFC teams who haven't played in their conference title game in this century. The Cowboys and who else? Is it the Washington Commanders, Chicago Bears, or the Arizona Cardinals? Mm, The Bears are always a good bet. We'll go with the Bears. Final answer. Okay, question two. What was the first year the NFL implemented challenges? 1997, 1998, or 1999? 1999. Is that your final answer, Kevin? Uh, sure, why not? Yeah, why not is right. <laughs> why not? There you go. <laughs> Which was the last team that Wayne Gretzky played for? Is it the New York Rangers, Edmonton Oilers, or the New York Islanders? Islanders. Um, last one I remember was the Rangers. We'll go with that. And question three, who was the first pure place kicker to be elected to the Hall of Fame? George Blanda, Lou Groza, or Jan Stenerud? Well, pure place kicker. I know Blanda played quarterback. Um, Stenerud, and what was the other one? Lou Groza. Lou Groza. I think Lou Groza. Is that your final answer, sir? Um, yes, let's say it is. Okay. If it's wrong, then I might want to change it. All right. How are you <laughs> feeling about this fight, Kevin? Well, um, I'm feeling as good as I ever feel going up against Randy. Have you done this before? I don't, I, I didn't understand if you had. No, no, only at home, only in private. Oh, okay. And, uh, my, my, my record is not that good. Well, that's all right. Thanks for playing. Thanks for listening. I just stole Randy's line as he puts on the headsets and say hello to Kevin. Kevin, good morning. How are you, sir? Oh, I'm great. Uh, it's nice to go up against you for the first time in person. I've been listening to you for decades. Welcome, and thank you so much. I really appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And uh, I've been around for decades. Well, I was going to say, does that make you old, Randy? Oh, does, yeah. Okay. We, we, we both have. Oh. <laughs> oh, you two are young at heart. God bless That's you both. That's the key. There you go. Thank yeah. you, Kevin.
You ready for question number one, Randy? Ready, Brooke. With the Lions' appearance this weekend in the NFC Championship game, there are now two NFC teams who haven't played in their conference title game this century. The Cowboys and who else? How about them Cowboys? Uh, Who else? Uh, Let's see. The Falcons played in 90... Well, the Falcons played in the Super Bowl in this century. So Falcons, Saints, Bucks, Panthers all have. Uh, Rams have. Niners have. Cardinals have in 08. Um, Seahawks have. So that's half of the conference. Uh, the, the Lions have not. Now, they, they don't count, do they? Because they're going to? Is the, the Lions are not part of the answer, yes, right? Yes, they, they, it said it because with the Lions' appearance this weekend. With the Lions' appearance. Uh, okay, so you've got uh, Giants have been in the Super Bowl. Uh, here you go. You've got your do, 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 fight for old D.C. It's the uh, Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders. Is that your final answer, yeah, Randy? Okay. Uh, what was the first year the NFL implemented challenges? The first year. First year for challenges. That's Dan. right. I believe that would be. It's when they throw a flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the challenge flag. I, I would. I think, Dan, that that was uh, when the Rams won Super Bowl 34. I believe that year was 1999. 1999 is what I'm going to go with. Are you satisfied with that answer? Yeah, it is my final answer. <laughs> Question, Question three, three, please. There we go. What? Which was the last team that Wayne Gretzky played for? I don't think people realize how good Wayne Gretzky was for the Rangers. And even in his last year, it was the New York Hockey Rangers. Randall, who is the first pure place kicker to be elected to the Hall of Fame? Is Jan Stenerud considered a pure place kicker? He is. Okay, then I'll go with Jan Stenerud, sir. For a long time, until Morton Anderson, I believe. Oh, Jan you betcha. Was the only kicker in the Hall of Fame. But then Morton Anderson. I guess they're going to put Vinatieri in eventually. He's getting in. Jason, uh, Justin Tucker has to be in the Hall of Fame, doesn't he? He doesn't miss. He no. won't miss this weekend. No, he won't. So I'm going to go with Jan, J-A-N, Stenerud, who picked, uh, kicked for the Chiefs and the Packers. That would be S-T-E-N-E-R-U-D. Yep. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we had Stenerud right. Uh, and the first punter, by the way, to be in the Hall of Fame, Ray Guy. That's right. Your guy. Hell of a guy. Only punter in the in the uh, Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, we Let's have a it, winner Rock. in today's fight. Oh, now, cool. Randy lost one time last week, but he's trying to finish off a clean sweep for this week. So was he able to do it? Does he have a new streak going? Or does Kevin throw off Megamind on a Friday? Ring that bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. I'm sorry, Kevin. You heard Mr. Buck there, and that means that Randy Carricker got all four. He beat you four to two today. Well, you know, it's always good to hear Jack's voice. There you go. That's a, great, there you go. <laughs> that's a great way to think about it. With the Lions' appearance this weekend in the NFC Championship game, there are now two NFC teams who haven't played the conference title game this century. It's the Cowboys and Randy, exactly as it is written on the sheet here. Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders is the correct answer. The first year the NFL implemented challenges was, in fact, 1999. You know the first year they used instant replay? Uh, 94? 
uh, you're incorrect. So I might, I might oh, put on the yeah. that on, yeah. on the fight in like uh, uh, three yeah. or four weeks. Just don't just don't do any research okay. on that. Uh, which was the last team that Wayne Gretzky played for? It was the last three years of his career he played for the New York Rangers. And the first pure play place kicker to be elected to the Hall of Fame is in fact Jan Senerud. Lou Groza played offensive tackle for the majority of his career as, as well as being a kicker and of course George Bland a quarterback. And as, what was Lou Groza's nickname, kicker. everybody? Lou the Toe grows Oh, the Toe, oh, which is funny because great. he gets the nickname the Toe, but he considered himself an offensive, offensive lineman, lineman who could yeah. kick, not a kicker who played offensive lineman. Right. So yeah. it's weird that you get the nickname that way. Yeah. Well, well, Kevin, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show today. All right. It was, it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. Have a wonderful weekend. Kevin with us on 101 ESPN. It was our pleasure. Uh, he's, it was. Uh, I love people that have, uh, A, tried to get in for a long time and yeah. finally got the opportunity. But then it's very nice that people listen for a long time. I, I do truly appreciate that. You have a huge fan base, Randy. Thank long you. time. You've been doing this a long time. Uh, I, I consider know. myself a fan. Well, I, a co-worker, I guess, but I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of your work. Well, thank you, Daniel. You bet, buddy. Coming up here on 101 ESPN, they said, what? It's coming your way here on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. About me? What you talking about? What the hell are you talking about? What you talking about? Do you actually listen to yourself when you speak or do you find you drift in and out? What you talking about? Well, I'm out, man. Welcome back to the opening drive. Brooke Grimsley here alongside Randy Carricker, Danny Mack, and Matthew Rocchio. And it is time for our new segment, which is called They Said What? So basically in this segment, we go over some of the big trending sound that is happening on social media, typically sports related. And there is a sound that's going around right now surrounding Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff, I don't know if you guys have really paid attention to a lot of his press conferences here lately, but I like the Detroit version of Jared Goff. He's really funny. It seems like he's allowed to showcase his personality more. And he had a pretty funny exchange this week with a reporter. Have you ever gotten somebody who has given you a compliment, but then they also kind of give you a non-compliment in the same sentence? That's basically what happened with this reporter. And here's their funny exchange that they had. Jared Goff's got a lot of Got a lot of really good players, obviously, but maybe that. Oh, thank you. Okay. I said thank you. You are. Maybe that view, though, as the superstars, like maybe the 49ers and All right, never mind. But I mean, guys like St. Brown getting you. Yep, St. Brown was first team All Pro, so. Right, right. Um, so was Panay. <laughs> sorry, continue. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Absolutely, but do you feel like? There, this is a chance for more. Yeah, I know. I know what you're. I know what you're getting at. Yes, uh, I, I do. I think. I think we've got a lot of ton of ton of great players who um, maybe haven't had the the national stage that up to this point um, that a lot of a lot of other guys have, and obviously they have a ton of good players as well, and, and a ton of Pro Bowlers and All Pro players over there. And um, it's it, yeah, we, we feel like you know we've got a lot of good players too, though, like you mentioned, and um, excited to play on another national stage and, and be able to showcase that. I didn't miss any, did I? No, you got it. <laughs> All good. He handled that really well, and it was just a really funny exchange. He was laughing and smiling the whole time because I think that he knew what the reporter was leading mm-hmm. to. He knows all the storylines that are around this about where people want to give. I feel like him and Brock Purdy ha- could have a great conversation about how people want to give them credit, but not full credit for the success that they have had this season. And it's just been a storybook season for Goff and the Lions. I just really like the way that he handled that whole exchange. And the relationship between 
players in the media has changed so much, and there's not many players that do have fun with the media. So that's a cool thing to see, too. And part of it is the the relationships that were developed when I was doing that, when I was covering a team. You could go in and talk to players, and now they bring the players to the media, a select group of players, so you never really get a chance to... Right. You you don't get a chance to have a real personal conversation with athletes anymore. So it's cool. Clearly, those two know each other, right? And and Goff has a relationship with that reporter, and that is a benefit to both. We want to see these great sides of the players and the personalities that are involved and who they are, but yet when a player does that then sometimes they get killed for things that they say or what they, you know, how they, these guys are so robotic and they're pros that when someone goes outside the box, like, whoa, mm-hmm. what's wrong with this guy? He's, yeah, he's, he's doing fun. this. Yeah. And it's sometimes I think it's taken the wrong way. And it's, it's tough to be an athlete in that regard. Everything else is great for the most part. Money's great. Adulation, uh, playing on big stages, playing a game that you love. Mm-hmm. But, man, sometimes the media can take it too far and expose things that you don't want out there, and that becomes a problem. And I love everything about this guy. I mean, he's a California guy. Uh, the, the Rams throw him to the curb. He's Now he's playing in a championship mm-hmm. game. He's a really good quarterback. He's, by all accounts, a really good Accurate, guy. man. Has taken to Detroit. Detroit loves him, and he loves Detroit. So I, I really am a, a fan of Jared Goff. I am, too. I like everything about the Lions this year. Dan Campbell, huge fan of him. The rookies, of course, you have the St. Louis connections on that mm-hmm. team. And Jared Goff, I, like you were saying, Randy, the fact that this has been a redemption for him, he's everything that happened with him on the West Coast comes to Detroit, and it felt like, remember, the narrative was that he was just going to be a bridge guy. Right. Somebody just get them through for maybe a season or two, and then they would move on to another quarterback. But he deserves a lot of credit, too, for the Lions' success this season. So the next soundbite Of course, we know the big news this week, Jim Harbaugh making his return to the NFL. And everybody is looking at this rivalry now that you have between Jim Harbaugh and his brother, John, because everybody wants to see this competition play out between the two. Now, an old interview with John Harbaugh has resurfaced from 2019 with Part of My Take, where he talks about really how intense the sibling rivalry is. Do you ever look at your brother, like just catch him and like... He knows that you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing about it. like, like, like over the years. I mean, well, you know how it is. You guys got brothers. Yeah, right. Really? So over the years, like he. I mean, there were times when I when I kicked his butt pretty good, and there were plenty of times, probably more than he kicked my butt, because he's kind of a big guy. Especially when it got to the point when he got a little lower. So we were 25, and he was the head coach of the, or he was the, the quarterback for the Bears. Got his first big contract. Got paid. And took us all on a vacation down to Amelia Island, you know. And it was great. It was nice. Fourth of July. Paid for everything. It got us out on the beach one day. And I'm, I'm really being grateful. I'm thinking, you know what? This, he's kind of turned the corner here a little bit. This is pretty cool. <laughs> and uh, we get out there. We're building a sandcastle with the kids. And next thing you know, he starts like, you know, we kind of work our way out into the water. His waves are coming. Big waves mm-hmm. are coming. And, and we're you know, wrestling. He throws a single leg into my right leg as hard as he can. <laughs> So I sprawl, full sprawl, cross face, right to his nose as hard as I can. You know, just smash him right in the face. Or he's strong. He stakes the thing, picks me up, and takes me to the bottom of the bottom of the deal. Like Sam. All right. I mean, I don't know if it was like a minute, but it seemed like 20 minutes. I'm thinking this is going to be it. He snapped. You know, he's gone. I've lost him, and he's he going to be in jail for the rest of his life. But it's not going to help me. His brother, I'm yeah. done. You know. So he let me up finally. Uh, once I got my breath, he kind of gave me just what you just did. Right. He gave me the old, you know, like. All right, bro. I know. You know. Yeah, we know where it stands. Right. right? Even, yeah. And I had to live with that, like, for the next 23 years, mm-hmm. okay, until the Super Bowl. And, now, and now, you now, now every now and then he gives you that look. 
How many times do you think that Jim Harbaugh has thought about that interview and everything that John just released there? But I really like that he thought that maybe finally the intensity of their rivalry has calmed down. And no, it has not. It turned into a sand war, basically, on a beach on a nice family vacation. And just go back to his interview right after Michigan won the championship. Now I can sit at the table with my brother and my dad. And Mm -hmm. you know... That a big part of the reason that he isn't the head coach at Michigan anymore is because he wants to one-up. He wants to have the college championship and the Super Bowl so that he can win that sibling rivalry. How many times have those guys fought over the years? Oh. Can you imagine? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The bruises, the yeah. egos. The <laughs> great. But they meet, you know what, that's going to be cool is that they meet each other next year. Yeah. So you have the reigning national champion. You could have the reigning Super Bowl champion facing off. I Has that ever happened before? No, in coaches, yeah, no coach has ever so. left college after winning the year of winning a championship. No coach has ever gone the year of winning to the NFL. So Switzer, when he went to the Cowboys, had he been out He'd for been a out while? For a few years, yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. that'd be interesting. That'd yeah. be fun. It really will, and I, I know it's going to be talked about a million times. But I'm not going to get tired of this sibling rivalry oh, and how great. it's going to be talked about because just hearing how intense that they are. Do you think that even like maybe after a game they would call each other and say, "Why did you do that?" Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. throwing in yeah. each yep. other's face. Sure. Yep. Yeah. By the way, I, I was just looking, trying to play the NFL script game. <laughs> if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl again, is there any doubt that the Chargers at Kansas City is the season opener? Ooh, Ooh that's a good one. That is a good one. Yeah, it's got to be. Because yeah. you want Harbaugh, yep. Jim Harbaugh on national television yeah. for sure. You know, and I don't think, I don't know if you guys agree, I, San Diego is not that far off. When you have no. a QB like that and the way that they had played the previous two years, there were some winnable games until the very end of this year when Staley was fired. They they had Then they were getting blown out. But prior to that, they had some tight football games that they could have won. This team is not that far no. away if they at all. If they get rid of Mike Williams, and I know this sounds controversial because uh, Khalil Mack is 33 and Bose is 27, but I, I cut Bosa because he never plays or trade Bosa. You crazy. And that's how you that get under crazy. the cap. You said what? They're $40 million under the cap. <laughs> <laughs> so, but you, you could also cut Khalil Mack and say, okay, we got the best. He had a career he year. He had a great year. Great year. But those two, if you get rid of Williams, because I don't think you get rid of Keenan Allen. Maybe you restructure Keenan Allen. Get rid of Williams and either Bosa or Mack. I think that gets you pretty close to under the cap. No so, way. I would not do that. No, I, I agree I with gotta you. got to keep them. Got to figure out another way. Well, I don't know what it is, but I'm figuring out another 35 way. 35-man roster. <laughs> yeah, I'd go with that yeah. as long as I can keep Khalil Mack. <laughs> there you go. That's Dan, Randy, and I'm Brooke. Coming up, two prominent NFL head coaching names are still left standing, including one considered by many, except for one person in this room, one of the greatest coaches of all time. We'll see maybe where they will land. We'll discuss that coming up next here on 101 Joe ESPN. Joe kind of coach again? <laughs> You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. The biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. It is 9.05 in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. 
The Blues are taking on the Seattle Kraken tonight. 8 o'clock pregame, 9 o'clock faceoff here on 101 ESPN. Chris Kerber and Cam Jansen will have the call. Cam in for Joe Vitale, who will be doing pregame and postgame and intermissions for Valley Sports. So Blues and Kraken tonight, and then the Blues back in action against the Kings. Noon pregame on Sunday, and then a 1 o'clock faceoff. And then we'll have the Niners-Lions game at 5.30 on Sunday as well. You know, Joey was talking about the compete level of the Blues, and how they're playing more of a 60-minute game. So I went back and looked at this. Under Barubi, 28 games. Not a single win when trailing after one or two periods. They've done that already six times in 17 games since he was let go. It just felt like when they were behind early, they were not going to come back. And it it does have a different feel right now with this team. For whatever reason, it does feel if they're down early, they have a chance to get back. I don't doubt, though, that maybe the message was exactly the same from Craig Bruby to Drew Bannister. I think it's just a different messenger. And that somehow is resonating a little bit better with these guys. Even, of course, I have seen Drew Bannister behind closed doors, but it seems like even when you hear him in his post-game, pre-game comments, his temperament is a little bit different maybe than Craig Berube's and something that the younger players might resonate with more. The power play has gotten a lot better, and that's something that has made a difference on the ice as opposed to just messages, but what's happening, something tangible, and it's the power play. They're eighth right now in the NHL under Bannister since he took over, 24%. That's that's a big difference with this team. So uh, let's go Blues. Football, they're only two openings left in the National Football League. The Atlanta Falcons have hired Raheem Morris as their new head coach, former Buccaneers coach. The Panthers hired Dave Canales as their new coach. So now you only have two openings remaining. The Washington Commanders are one of those, and they appear to be zeroing in on Ben Johnson. And Seattle is the other one. Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. And then the other one is Seattle. And I really... I don't have a feel for what the Seahawks are looking for or what they're going to do. No, maybe Mike Vrabel, but then again, are they just going to do what everybody else is doing with the coordinator route? I would look at uh, Mike Vrabel. If he's still out there, why wouldn't you take a hard look at him? But here's the thing. Brooke, you talked about some of the things that were said by players, Wesley Woodyard coming out, right? Yes. Because John Schneider, the general manager of the Seahawks said in his media availability after they got rid of Carroll, we want to maintain the fun culture that Pete Carroll instilled here. I don't think that it's a coincidence that Mike Vrabel and Bill Belichick are the two that are left standing because I think a lot of these teams by hiring in coordinators that a lot of them are not taking over that role of roster development. If you look at what the Titans ran Carthon, that was one of the big announcements is that now he will be in full control of the roster moving forward. Mike Vrabel had more of a say and if you go back and look at the history, a lot of people are talking about this in Nashville, that was something that caused a lot of friction. Mike Vrabel had a different vision of how he wanted things to go in the future. Rand Carthon and Amy, the owner of the Titans, Amy Strong, she had a different view of where they were going to go. And they just really butted heads on that. So if you're a team that you still want to make sure that your GM has control, whoever you want the vision to be moving forward, do you take a head coach like a Vrabel or Bill Belichick where they would want more of control of that roster and possibly are known for butting heads more with your possible vision. Isn't it so weird that you have a national championship head coach and a big personality in Jim Harbaugh and he gets the new job within 24 hours of what you know we're talking about here and it's kind of like eh no big deal it was like it was expected mm-hmm. you know this is totally just a given if you would have had other coaches that jumped after winning the national title like oh. this there'd be all kinds of news made for it and it's just like 
to me, it just wasn't that big a deal because it was like a foregone conclusion this was going to happen. Right. At some point, three straight years of interviewing with the yeah. NFL. And it you know was, what I'm saying, though, yeah. with that? And He's he, such a big personality, and it's like no big deal. Right. But I think it'll wind up being a, a bigger deal once we see him yeah. in the powder blue and yellow. Yeah. By the way, the Seahawks are interviewing Dan Quinn for a second time today. They know Quinn because he was their defensive coordinator when they won the Super Bowl. That seems to make the most sense to me is the guy they know, that John Schneider knows. If they're having him in for a second interview, that tells me that perhaps he'll get the job. They were 25th in points against last year. Dan Quinn did a very nice job with the Cowboys outside of what happened in the playoffs. And with his past history there, it would make a lot of sense that he would be the guy to to fill that spot. We'll see, but it does make some sense. And a lot of times you bring a guy in for a second interview, it seems like that's where you're going. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're going in that direction. Yep. And the Panthers, that's still the job that I'm surprised got filled. But then I'm not surprised by who got the role. And Dave Canales, he deserves a lot of credit for what he did with Baker Mayfield. Even back to the Seahawks days, he's credited for really helping Geno Smith and his development as a quarterback. But that's a job where it's really tough going in there. Because as I just mentioned, you kind of hope that even if your owner and your GM are in control of things, that it's still a collaborative environment. It doesn't seem that that's the case based off of the history of the Panthers, that it's collaborative environment with that owner no the the owner is a weirdo a football weirdo not i don't know if he's a well he did throw ice at fans so or a drink at fans so maybe he's a weirdo but it seems like he owns like a fan would he's just really impatient you know how we always get the after five games of dfa somebody dfa your best player that's what the owner appears to be it's incredible I mean, and he threw, you know, a soda on fans and, and like, got, you know, $250,000 fine. Okay. I mean, that's terrible. That's a terrible look for the league. It's a terrible look for their franchise and the way that he's gone through his coaches. You wouldn't want to work for that guy. Yeah, and no. by the way, uh, a $250,000 fine, somebody did the math. It was like 13 cents yeah. for the person that that makes $100,000 a year. But it's just a bad look. And you're mentioning yeah. the head coach firings. The first team in NFL history with three midseason head coach firings in a five-season span. He seems impatient. Mr. Tepper does. My thing about Dave Tepper is, if you're the fan he threw a drink at, how do you not have a press conference with a neck brace on, like, oh, within, no within, an, within a 12-hour span? Right. Like, I'm in front of cameras with a neck brace. Like, I was assaulted by Mr. Tepper. This is going to affect and yeah. change my livelihood. I mean, chase the bag. Come on, people. I'm with you. I am with you. <laughs> so, uh, okay, so with you is when Bob Costas and... Isaiah Thomas were doing the finals in 97-98. Michael and Scotty are together, and they just had this great nonverbal communication, and they're going to a break, and it's a highlight of Scotty making a pass to Michael. And uh, uh, Isaiah says, that's just Michael saying to Scotty, I'm with you. I'm with you. I I am with you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So good. Uh, There you have it. That's your Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. Coming up, as the NFL Conference Championship games approach, who are the non-quarterback X-Factors for the weekend? That's coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.
NFL Championship games this weekend, 2 o'clock this weekend on CBS. You've got the Chiefs and the, and that's Channel 4, by the way, uh, the Chiefs taking on the Ravens, followed by on Fox, the NFC Championship game, Detroit will visit the San Francisco 49ers. And obviously, the quarterbacks are going to play a big role. Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and then Jared Goff and Brock Purdy. So leaving the quarterbacks out of it, who do we look at as major X factors in these games? Let's let's look first at the AFC game, the, the Baltimore Ravens hosting the Kansas City Chiefs. So Baltimore has allowed the fewest points had the most sacks, highest number of takeaways, lowest average of yards per play. That's pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. I I would say that Baltimore's defense, if they can find a way to stop Patrick Mahomes, find a way to – because Mahomes is going to make plays. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. the one thing. But if they can shut down the running game and the extended drives and keep – and basically keep Pacheco in check, then I think that Baltimore can win this game from the defensive perspective of what you're looking at. I think with the Chiefs that Pacheco is going to be a very key part for them, and if they are going to be able to win this game, he has to run the ball effectively because that's just going to help them in a lot of different ways. But then obviously I think that too, the matchup to watch this weekend, and it's Kyle Hamilton. I know that I renamed him mm-hmm. Mark earlier. <laughs> um, I need to work on my nicknames, Randy, because it has no, to be a little bit more clever Randy, than that. don't give him oh, an opening. Hammy. Hammy? Oh, okay. How about that? Yeah. Kyle Hamilton, that's going to be the matchup to watch this weekend because he is a specimen, and he's going to be matched up with Travis Kelsey. I'm interested to see how that goes, but it feels like Travis Kelsey, he was able to really break out, and you mentioned this, Dan, earlier, break out in that last game, but with Kyle Hamilton all over him like that, it might be a different story, and I felt like with Travis Kelsey, when he was able to open things up, Patrick Mahomes was able to get more comfortable in the game. He's able to throw downfield, down the field more, and I think that's going to be a huge part for things, but I think that the Ravens defense might be the key here in winning that game for him. For me, the X factor is going to be Nick Allegretti. It doesn't look like Joe Tooney is going to play for the Chiefs, and Nick Allegretti is going to replace him. Tooney's one of the best guards in football. Allegretti is a backup for a reason. Justin Matabuike, the nose tackle for the Ravens, is a guy that has 13 sacks this year. He's been great. Tooney could handle him. I'm not so sure that Nick Allegretti can. And then the other thing I'm looking at in this game from an offensive perspective when Baltimore has the ball is how is Kansas or Kansas City going to be able to handle with and Edwards might not play either their safety uh, now you've got Mark Andrews back joining Isaiah Likely you've got probably the most lethal two tight end setup in the entire NFL how does Kansas City handle that pair of tight ends. I think it's interesting what Spags would do. Can he play zone? Can he play man-to-man? Because either way, Lamar can beat you. He can throw out of the pocket, and if you're going to allow him to scramble, he's the best scrambler in football in terms of what he can do from the quarterback position. I don't know, man. What do you think? If you're Spags, can you go zone with now a weapon added to the tight end, as you you guys talked about, of Baltimore's healthy enough to play? Can you go zone, or do you have to go man and try to force? I think you've got to go man against that group, and it's really tough. And the other part of this, Dan, is that— But you can't take your eyes off him for a split second. No, and they don't have. They might not have Willie Gay either. Remember last week, yeah. mm-hmm. Gay was going to be the spy for Josh Allen. You'd yeah. think that he would do that for Lamar Jackson, too. If Willie Gay can't play, then all of a sudden Kansas City's dealing with—I guess Bolton could do it. But you take Bolton away from what he does best, and that's run to the ball, run and sure. hit. Makes the Ravens sense. defense, too, just going back to that about why they're another part of this X factor, is that they're so good at taking away your weapons. So I'm just really interested to see how Patrick Mahomes handles that yeah, and this, the rest of the offense. Uh, this game, 
with as dynamic as the quarterbacks are, it could wind up being a low-scoring game. And this might come down to kind of like it did for Buffalo last week. This might come down to injuries for Kansas City. I uh, And I know this is about the defense. I just want to go to Mahomes for a moment. I, I was just curious like what he's done in his career. So he's 87 now in 25. Mm-hmm. He's 87 and 25, already with 13 postseason wins. The dude is 26 years old. He's got as many wins or more than Marino, Aikman, uh, Rodgers, Staubach. I mean, you're talking about a guy that if it ended tomorrow, he's in the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. no question about it. Slam dunk. Right. He's the best thrower of the football, especially off-platform that I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Just real quick, don't you guys believe, even with the injuries and how just fluky of a season it's been for the Chiefs despite them, I mean, you say fluky, but then they're in this position right now because of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs defense, all the other factors, they find a way. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes always finds a way. They still feel like the standard in the AFC, right? They do. Uh, until somebody beats them, they do. I don't know. I think Baltimore is. Right now, well, uh, just because of the regular season. At, as we speak at this moment, 922 on January 26, 2024, Baltimore is. They're the best team. Yep. But Kansas City's still the Super Bowl champs. That's right, until, until you knock the them off. Yeah. That's okay. right. Okay, non-quarterback X-Factors for the NFC Championship game. And guys, I'm going to start with this. Aiden Hutchinson, I wanted the Jaguars to take Aiden Hutchinson with the first pick in the draft. They took Trayvon Walker, and I think they'll wind up, it'll it'll turn out to be a mistake for them. Hutchinson is a stud. Colton McKivitz is the young right tackle for the 49ers. He's got a ton of pressure on him. Dan, you mentioned that they're going to have to get some help chipping from Kittle, but I think the matchup to watch, if Purdy is going to be successful, is going to be slowing down Aiden Hutchinson. And I think McKivitz is going to be the, the X factor. He can do it. He's capable physically of doing it, but not many people have against Aiden Hutchinson. I agree with you. That's exactly who I had down to. Now, on the other side of it, I will say, I think a key for the Lions in this one, and I think another big matchup to watch this weekend, is the Lions rushing game against the Niners front seven. Now, if you saw in that Lions game last weekend, in the second half there, who were the two players that really stood out and broke that game open for the Lions? It was Jameer David, Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, David Montgomery. Right, right. So you have a great matchup there. My keys are going to be both of them. If that's okay with you guys, the X factor for the Lions do and will, well is going to be Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. Are you guys sick of hearing whether or not Brock Purdy is just a system quarterback? Yes, I'm sick of it. Yes. So we find out if he is a product of the system or the engine that kind of runs this system. I mean, and, and I think a lot of pressure is on him, and I wonder if Detroit is going to load up up front, Randy, like you're talking about, and make Brock Purdy beat them. So if you're going to, if you're Dan Campbell and you're defensive minded, and you go into this game, you say, boys, here's the deal: if he beats us, tip our cap, but mm-hmm. we're going to make it. We're going to throw everything, the kitchen sink, at this kid. He's got weapons. We may be in one-on-one situations, but we're going to make him because of the pressure that's on him and pressure literally. We're going to make him beat us. We had Ricky Prohl on the other day, and. He talked about how Tampa Bay blitzed. And they didn't blitz much, but they blitzed on that play where he scored the touchdown. San Francisco's a lot like the greatest show on turf in that they invite the blitz. And Mm -hmm. Purdy is so good at getting rid of the ball and into the hands. This is where McCaffrey, out in the flat, can really cause havoc for Detroit. If Purdy has to get rid of it in a hurry, McCaffrey's going to be prepared to to get the ball. McCaffrey's the best running all-around running back in the league since Marshall Falk. And they can do the exact same things that the greatest show on turf did. Debo Samuel, by the way, is participating in practices 
limited, though, with his shoulder injury that he's had, but you'd have to anticipate that he's going to play yeah. on Sunday. So he's going to be another weapon, and uh, it's going to be fun, man. It's Both these games are fun. And I think that's why that narrative exists around Brock Purdy is because he has so many weapons around him. You, you brought this up, Randy, before. It's kind of the same thing that people would bring up with Kurt Warner, with all the weapons that he had around him with the, with the greatest show on turf. All that different, that factors into it. I get that. But at the same time, I can't discount what he did in that last game where he orchestrated a 12-play, 69-yard game winning drive. To me, clutch moments is what defines a good quarterback. In the rain. In the rain. And without Debo. Yeah, that was huge. That was, was. That was a monster drive. I could make a case for all four QBs having a different set of pressures going into this game. Not just to win, but what the win means for them. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that it means the most to is Lamar. I think he's got a ton of pressure on him to win this weekend, you know, to get to a Super Bowl, then to win a Super Bowl. Then I think it makes him a a Hall of Famer. Yeah. Even if he gets in, I think if he wins this Sunday, I think he's a Hall of Famer. Let me give you one other X factor, and it's a homer pick, but there's no better field flipper in the NFL right now than Jack Fox, the Ledoux punter for the Lions. You talked about the Lions wanting Purdy to win the game for for San Francisco. If you do force him on a regular basis to try to go 90 yards, 12 or 13 plays, what you hope for is a mistake if you're Detroit. And Fox could put them in a position, the Lions in a position, where they have to defend a 90-yard field. So Fox could be a a major X-factor. He's a huge weapon for the Lions. Isn't it amazing if you look back at the Chiefs and the Bills last week, the Chiefs had a total of seven possessions in the game. Yeah. Yeah. In the game. And they scored on five of them. So, uh, like we're saying, I I said this earlier in the week, It was if you went back 10 days ago, you said, man, the Chiefs, they're just not the same. This is where they're going to go down. The the run is over. Mm -hmm. Kelsey doesn't look right. It's uh, Mahomes with limited wide receivers that don't catch the football. Now, all of a sudden, Rasheed Rice is going out 10 yards a catch. Kelsey Mm -hmm. looks like he's Travis Kelsey. And they go on the road and beat Josh Allen. You feel like it's a totally different team. We may have never seen a better offensive-defensive pair on a sideline than Andy Reid and Steve Spagnuolo. It's pretty good. Oh, yes. And Rasheed Rice, I think sometimes we forget that he's a rookie. Like, this is is a whole new experience for him this season. And the way that he's been able to rise when Patrick Holmes needs some more of those weapons, he's another big key in this. No doubt. We'll have the NFC Championship game for you, the Niners and Lions 5.30 kickoff after the Blues game on Sunday. And, of course, you'll be able to watch the AFC Championship game on Channel 4 at 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon, Kansas City. Man, they just show Kansas City all the time in St. Louis. Yes, they do. I guess they kind of have to. Yes, they do. (laughs) This this time. Because they just keep winning. (laughs) What are you going to do, not show them on Sunday? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, we hope you enjoy it. Those are our non-quarterback X Factors. Coming up... Robert Thomas is going to join us from Seattle where the Blues take on the Kraken tonight. You think he's going to be up? Yeah, he'll be up. Okay, so he's he's pretty solid about these? Yeah, he's very solid. He'll be ready to rock and roll. Next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas, score! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. Time now for Blues Forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by Pure Performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Dan McLaughlin, Randy Carricker, opening drive 101 ESPN, and we head to the Pacific Northwest. And our friend, Blue Center Robert Thomas, joins us as he does every week here on this program. Robert, good morning. How are you doing? 
Doing well, guys. Thanks. Okay, you're missing out on just absolutely miserable weather here in St. Louis. It's been raining and cloudy for the last few days. I know it's rainy and cloudy in Seattle. Are you a guy that is solar powered? I know you spend your career indoors practicing and, and playing hockey, but are you kind of solar powered? Is the sun important to you? Um, <laughs> hitting the hard questions today. Um, <laughs> you betcha. I, I definitely do enjoy the sun. Yes, I feel like as I've gotten older, I've enjoyed it more and more. Good because I mean th- this this is depressing right now. What we're doing. The only thing that's making us happy is that you guys keep winning. Yeah, there we go. That's uh, something to cling to. All right, I guess I'll try to follow up with that with that amazing question hard, there. Hard-hitting, hard-hitting, hard-hitting question. question. Well, I did want to ask you, Robert, about just a great start, obviously, to the road trip, as Randy mentioned there, and you guys close it out tonight in Seattle. Two impressive wins back-to-back, and both were games where you guys had to really weather a lot, weather the storm throughout the game. What did you see or maybe even learn from your team during that time? Yeah, I think just, just a fight um you know we're a good team in close games we find a way to to win games and um i think we just proved that again uh, i mean calgary's been playing really well lately and obviously vancouver is one of the top teams in the league all year so uh two really good tests for us especially on the back-to-back and um you know it came down to to it at the end of the day we uh were able to get the job done so uh pretty happy with all of us and uh hopefully it uh builds some momentum uh going into the break Robert, I know you, you're very close to the uh, Kachuk family. Did you have a chance to see the Blues Hall of Fame and, and see Big Walt go into the Blues Hall of Fame? Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's probably seven or eight of us that that were there. And uh, obviously a cool night, um, especially when you just get to sit here and they kind of hot stove up there and tell some stories. And uh, there's some, some definitely some good personalities that were, were there. So um, pretty cool to just kind of be there and be in the moment with that and obviously a big honor for for big walt and the family so it was a pretty special night so brett hall was the same way in the room as he was up on that stage and as you know you've been around big walt enough uh he is a gregarious sort who's the 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 teammate that you've had past or present that has been that kind of guy where you just never know what's going to come out of his mouth oh geez uh there's been a couple um Hmm. That's a good one. Uh, I, I always find the French Canadians are, are really loud. Um, Perron was pretty loud. Um, you know, Blazer can be loud. So it's uh, I'd have to give it to them. <laughs> well, Robert, I want to go back to that Vancouver game. Jake Neighbors was spectacular in that one, collecting his third multi-point game of the season. And he's up to 15 goals right now, just one away from you. What have you thought of Jake Neighbors this season? And are you surprised that he's gotten up to 15 goals? Uh, no, not at all. I think uh, for me, he he's always been known to go to the hard area, score the hard goals, and he plays an honest game. And uh, I think the thing I've been most impressed with is just uh, how quickly he's gotten confidence. Uh, I mean, some of these goals that he's scoring are, are high-end plays, um, I remember, you know, a couple games ago when he was on my line, he, he made a play, um, you know, at the top of the circle, went around a D-man and then just flicked it in the top right corner. And I was like, oh, he's got some confidence. So uh, I think that's that was, that's the biggest thing I've seen from him. And, uh, I mean, he deserves it. He's playing unreal. He's been he's been playing well for us all, all year long. And uh, I think just as that confidence continues to grow, I think we're going to see a lot more from him. And, 
Uh, I'm excited to, to see where he, he turns out. Uh, he's a he's a great kid and a great player. Robert, take us through your day today. So you're going to have a, a lunch at some point, maybe a breakfast. Uh, you got practice. You got to skate. You probably have film session. You get on a couple of buses. What's what's a day like leading up to a, a game tonight? Yeah, you pretty much just said it all. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, what well, take us through it. Practice, practice in the morning, eleven o'clock, and then. Come home, eat, sleep, get back on the bus, watch some video when we get there, and um, off we go. That's pretty much it. What's your pregame meal? What do you do? You do something that's the same every time, or do you switch it up? Uh, I'm pretty similar, like like pasta, chicken, and uh, have some salad. So uh, that's usually my go-to. You mentioned the break, the All Star break. Do you have all your plans in place now for the trip to Toronto? Yep. Yeah, I got everything everything squared away now. So. Um, pretty excited. I have a hard-hitting question for you about the All-Star Game, Robert. So have you seen the celebrity captains who are going to be there? Have you seen that yet? Uh, I've seen one or two of them. Okay. I haven't seen them all yet. So it's Tate McRae, who is a new pop singer, and then it's going to be Michael Buble, Justin Bieber, and Will Arnett. Which one are you most excited to meet? Huh. Um... I'd probably go with Justin Bieber, I'd, I'd say. Have you ever met uh, the Biebs before? Bublé's, no, I have not. is a close second, though. There we sure. go. That's good. Do you think that uh, Justin Bieber could score on Jordan Bennington if Bennington is trying? <laughs> uh, um, probably not. <laughs> so, and, uh, that's one thing that we at some point this has to happen they, they've had their little uh, challenge over the years at some point we've got to get Binner and Bieber on the ice together just so that Bieber can get shut down by your goalie <laughs> that'd, be, uh, that'd be funny to watch <laughs> it'd be good hey one, one last thing you get to see a couple of guys tonight that uh, you were on the Stanley Cup team with in Jaden Schwartz and Vince Dunn is it different I, I, because we've talked about playing against teammates and guys before is it different playing against guys or just seeing guys from that group that you won the cup with yeah yeah it's always different um, you know just winning creates a special bond um, something that you always remember and um yeah, it's definitely a little bit weird playing against guys like that um, that, that you've won with. So um, it's always, it's always. I mean, I've always enjoyed playing against friends and buddies and ex-teammates, and um, it'll be the same. But definitely, a, a, definitely a little bit of a different feeling. That's for sure. And uh, one last thing before we let you go: you guys play on Sunday before the football games. Uh, are you guys going to get together? Are you going to head to somebody's house and watch the other game? The the after you're done, the NFC Championship game. Will you guys watch some football on Sunday? Uh, definitely watch some football, but uh, it is Friday and that is Sunday. And <laughs> <laughs> we got, yeah, two games between now and then. You're exactly right. All right, Robert. Have a great day in Seattle. Go get them tonight, and we'll see you guys when you get back home. Yep, thanks, guys. See you. Thank you. Robert Thomas, Blue Center on 101 ESPN. Robbie Tommy. Robbie Tommy. Man of a uh, few words at times. Yeah, he's kind of, yeah, we woke him up. It's Very 7, direct. 7.30 yeah. there. 7.30. Yeah. Well, we probably did. Yeah. And by the way, you, Robert. Yeah. After the uh, All-Star game, 
Then the Blues have the week off, 5th, 6th, 7th, 8th, 9th, and then they play at Buffalo on the 10th. So they're going to have some time off, and they should be refreshed and ready to rock and roll when they come off of the All-Star break. I would assume that a bunch of these guys are headed to Mexico. That would be my guess. Those that are not participating in the All-Star game, usually they try to get away and mm-hmm. shut things down, get in the warm weather, enjoy themselves, and then get ready to go. Not a second bad half. thing to do. Yep. Just be careful walking on the beach. Don't cut your foot. Mm, you, that's you very did, important. You had a little tease there. You said they'll be ready to rock and roll, and I thought you were going to say, and so are we. So are oh. we. Yeah. Next <laughs> on 101 tease. ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. From the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. What do you got, sir? Well, we're going on a weekend, and it's two big football games, so I thought I'd throw out the lines here and get your guys' thoughts. Maybe if people want to drive across the uh, river or jump on Underdog Fantasy and place in a little bit of, uh, place some uh, money, place some entries down, maybe you can win a little money today on the NFC Champion, or on Sunday, I should say, on the NFC Championship game. So I want to go first through the, the big ones, the spread and the odds. It's minus and plus three and a half. It's the Ravens favored by three and a half against the Chiefs. And right now you can get the money line for the Chiefs at plus 176 or minus 210 for the Ravens. Anything jumping out to you there? I like that Chiefs money line. I'm just going to say that right now. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I like the Ravens to cover at home. I like the Ravens to cover at home. I think that so far in the playoffs, only one home team has lost. No, two now. Two have lost so far. Dallas lost at home and <laughs> yeah, uh, the Buffalo Bills <laughs> lost at home. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think the uh, Ravens cover this weekend. I'm going to have to defer to you guys, but I'll agree because that sounds right. I don't know. I mean, do you guys buy into the narrative, though, that the Chiefs were able to get away from the whole, you know, fixation on that Patrick Mahomes hasn't played a playoff game away from home and he was still able to do that? Does that factor into it? Yeah, I think so. But as good as Buffalo was playing, as well as Buffalo was playing, I think the Ravens are just a different animal. And especially with the injuries that the Chiefs are dealing with, with with Edwards Gay and Tooney. Pacheco potentially and too. Pacheco, yeah, he didn't yeah. practice yesterday. Those are some real issues for the Chiefs to have to deal with. The over-under is 44.5. Depending on the defensive injuries to the Chiefs, does that swing you one way or the other on that one? I'm going to take the over on that. Yeah, I'm thinking like 34 to 31. I think Baltimore puts up a lot of points. Yeah. I I agree. I think both teams in the 30, at least close to that. So I think think the over on 44 and a half is pretty pretty, pretty easy. But we talked about the defenses earlier. I don't think you stop Lamar. I think Mahomes will put up his fair share of points and they'll, it'll be a track meet for a while and then I think Buffalo, or I'm sorry, Baltimore pulls away. I can see it being a lot like the Buffalo game last week. That's what yeah. I'm saying. 20, score-wise, 27-24. But uh, like I said, I think Baltimore will cover. So I'd probably look at 28-24, maybe? 31-24? I, yeah. I am going to throw out a prop bet if you guys want to go with that here oh, um, sure. in the show. Rasheed Rice right now, you can get him for a higher or lower eight targets. over Since he had his first 100-yard game in week 14, these are his target counts. 10-9-10-9-12-6-12-4. It could be one of the fours, but there's a good chance that they're feeding him the ball. I think I think eight targets is easy for Rasheed Rice in this over. game. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think that's a good play. That. I yeah. like that. Yeah. All right, let's, go. let's look at the other game yeah. overall. Of course, Lions and 49ers. Bigger spread here, so maybe you're looking at a money line for the 49ers. It's 7 
seven and a half points right now for the 49ers. Their money line is minus 375. You get the Lions at plus 300. I just I like both home teams to cover. That's a big number too. in an NFC Championship game. It's a big number, period, in the NFL, as That's tight true. as these games are. I, think, I still I think, like him to cover. I think you got to go. I think you got to go Lions to 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 cover that one. Seven and a half is a big big number. Uh, put the I, hook I'm in with there Dan. Too. I think I'm going to go with San Francisco to cover this one. I just they're they're a dominant team. Yep. The, the Baltimore game, notwithstanding, and I always go back and I've said it a couple times. If you haven't heard yet. The Lions are not the same team outdoors. Lions averaging 18 points a game outdoors, 31 points a game indoors. They're playing outdoors 74 and sunny. This just plays into San Francisco's hands. The only X-factor question that I have is Debo, but I still think even without Debo, San Francisco wins this game and does so by more than 7.5. I agree with you guys, and I think that you mentioned the weather factor. You don't have to worry about that this week like you did last week. And wind won't be a factor either. Do you ever... um do you guys ever just focus on, and I'm serious with this question, an offensive lineman? Yes. And just watch well, yeah. what he does? All the time. Yeah. Trent Williams is unbelievable. He's yeah. awesome. Well, mm-hmm. When the Rams had Orlando Pace and Mike Martz was the offensive coordinator and Jim Hannafin was the offensive line coach, they would just X out. the. It, it all of a sudden became a 10-man defense. They would X out the opposing team's right defensive end. And that's what you do with Trent Williams, too. Same thing. So... He's unbelievable, he, man. He is. He's a mountain man. And he's athletic. He's got yep. quick feet. He's and, strong. And nobody can get past him. No. So when he's healthy, he, he X's out a pass rusher, yes. which is a big thing. Okay, Randy, your stat for the Lions offense, that, that that's big for me because the over-under in that game, seven points higher than the early game. That was an over-under of 51 and a half between the Lions and the 49ers. So that tells me that Vegas 24. thinks that we're looking at a 28-24 kind of a game, right? Yep. That's the, yeah, that's the break. 27-24 is under, 28-24 is over. Yep. I'm so, staying away from that number. But a seven and a half point favorite, so maybe 30 to 23 kind of a game. 31. I could see I'm I could see 31-23. I just want to see competitive games that cover. <laughs> yeah. I'm saying it might be too greedy. No, I don't think that's greedy whatsoever. <laughs> that's a bad number. Yeah, that San Francisco defense when they're going is so good. I think that is a smart over-under to stay away from. And here's my other higher or lower on underdog fantasy. Brock Purdy right now, 279.5 is his passing yards. He has two 300 games, and in his last 16 games, he has seven where he's passed for over 280. So it's not so he has so nine where he's under 280, seven over 280. I think in this one, even if he has an efficient game, I can't see them putting the ball in his hands 35 times again. I'm going I'm going uh, lower than 279 and a half. This is a McCaffrey game. Yeah, it absolutely. Is. So you said earlier this week, Randy, or maybe it's Brooke. Um, regardless, it was how many people? It was fifty-one million people watched the Bills mm-hmm. and the Jeez. Chiefs. Yep. So the over/under, let's say fifty-four million this week for the Chiefs and the Ravens. They're the latter game too. Oh. No, Chiefs and Ravens is yeah. the early. Oh, they're game. the early game. Yeah. Okay. They're, well, still, I mean, everybody's going to be turning into that game. So fifty-four million over/under. I think you have people doing stuff on Sunday afternoons. Really? Do you yeah. think? I mean, of course they are. The, but the early aren't they game last doing? week only had forty. It was forty for the early game and fifty for the late. See, game. I thought the, if they were the late game, I think they go over. I do too. Yeah. With Swifty there, yep, absolutely. But not now. No. Uh, now I would think it'd be similar to last week. Maybe a little. Maybe forty-two, forty-three million Just a little for the bit early less. game. Fifty-three, fifty-four for the for the late game. I, I you you were joking about this earlier, Randy. I love that they have the blue that the Blues have. An early afternoon game, and then we have two football games afterwards. I mean, per, in St. Louis, that's a perfect schedule. Mm-hmm. I love that. 
But the problem is, is that the, they collide because the football game starts at two and the Blues start at one. Correct? Well, you can multi-screen it. That's well, a, that's yeah, all but you unless need. you're there. What if you want to go there? Well, it's not a problem here in St. Louis. That's what I'm saying. Well, you can't be watching. Well, I guess you can watch a football game on your phone Most while you're time. watching the Blues yeah. game at Enterprise. Yeah, you could do it. You could. Yeah, I love it. There you go. I have no problem with it. No, I don't. I've got two TVs to set up and set my deal up, and then you know, a table for food. How big's the table? Is the question big? Yeah. <laughs> well, you see, it's my old tailgating table. You so, know. what time will you start uh, preparing this Feast. grandiose two, meal? Two o'clock start. Oh, Dan, that's a great question. <laughs> Eight a.m. Um, Which is some of the fixins? Yeah. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, have, did we finalize what your Detroit pick was for for the spread? I found a little Caesar's pizza. I think that might be the play. Jets right down the street here, Randy, for Jets, me. Yeah, Jets would be a good call, too. So I, I told you Motortown Pizza yeah. in Brentwood. Everybody needs this to try it. So I, good. I, I'm used to not driving far for things. Well, Jets <laughs> is right down the street. I know. <laughs> there I, you go. Jets might be, be my easy. play. Now, Rock, is there a prop bet for Jason Kelsey being shirtless again? Oh, gosh, I didn't check. Um... Give me a second here. Let me, let me peruse. Let me peruse. I don't think really he will quickly. because part of the shirtlessness was the cold. Yeah, the cold but Bills it was an homage fans. to the Bills Mafia. Yeah. yeah, he loves the Bills. He was part of the Bills Mafia. That's what he was trying to do. So I don't think he does go shirtless in this game. Do you think he'll do anything then? I mean, what would oh, be yeah. the theme there of what screaming do? and getting attention, some sort? Do you think he shows up for this game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh okay. God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think he'll be there. Yeah, I don't think he'll be shirtless though. So. I think it'll be very calm, serene. You might have to come home and take care of the cat. The new cat. <laughs> the yeah. New cat. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, but uh, the, will Swifty be there? Because Swifty can't make the Super Bowl. She's going to be in Tokyo. Oh, no. Yeah. Okay, hold on a second. I think I, I believe I, I've, I believe I discovered something. You can, according, there are, there are some very, very odd sites that are offering, will Jason Kelsey take his shirt off if the Kansas City Chiefs win the AFC Championship? The yes is minus 300, the no is plus 200. So it's only if they win. And that's my, and, oh. and thank you, Dan, for, for pointing out what I thought was going to be odd about that one, which is so like if he rips his shirt off in the middle of the game, but exactly. they lose, am I not cashing that? So I'm a little confused here. Uh, as well, there's also you can get Will Jason Kelsey celebrate with two beers in his hand if the if the Chiefs win the AFC Championship game. Yes, plus two fifty. No, minus four hundred. Will he hug huh. Taylor Swift at the end of the game if the Kansas City Chiefs win? Yes, plus one six. Yes, plus one seventy. No, minus one sixty. So the apparently bets, there are prop bets out there for oh, Jason Kelsey that are very obscure. That's fantastic. I'll, that's my kind of betting. I'll do that. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Text from the three one four. Have you people ever seen Mahomes play? before and i responded who <laughs> who's that i don't have we ever talked about him before who mahomes who, who? yeah <laughs> he's an owl um i got it he's an thanks. owl <laughs> thanks dan no thanks. problem thanks. You got Boy, it. you're stretching to get to t-mac i am i am t-mac <laughs> and ajax coming up with a balloon party here on 101 espn that's between 10 and 11 and then from 11 to 2 you've got BK and Ferrario, and then from 2 to 6, it's the fast lane. And I would think that Jamie Rivers will be there for at least a couple of hours, mm -hmm. if not the whole show. But uh, Anthony and Carrie will carry you through. Great job today by our producer, audio video engineer, the one, the only, Matthew Rocchio. Thank you, sir. Pleasure. Brooke, did you have fun today? I did. Put your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? 
Danny, can you just give us a reprise, please? Yes. Yo-ho. Yo-ho. Well done. That's what you wanted? so beautiful. I'm going to come up with some different variations of it, I think. I like this. I'm going to have to think of some things. Okay. Because I can't just do yo-ho every time. i got to come up with something. i got to get creative here. Yeah. It was I, like, I like the, I like the enjoy your grid weekend. Okay, so you what too, are you going to eat? I've told you what I'm, my menu is. Uh, I think my my wife is not feeling well. She makes great, great chicken wings. So if she's not feeling well and she can't do that, then I'm thinking maybe Jets pizza. Okay, Ooh. go to the street and go get some Jets. You want I, me it'd to be drop, some kind of pizza. Do you want me to drop by some clam chowder? I see you enough during the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring the clam chowder. Of Granny's like, would. anyways, I'm going to drop it. off that clam of chowder. Of will. I would love it. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part you know of the I show. I was kidding, Randy. What, about seeing, seeing me, me too much during the week? Of course, if you showed up with clam chowder and some carrot cake, you're in. I got a big recipe, baby. So I, I know can, you do. I, I can feed uh, that household of... Six. Six. A half a dozen cousin. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it is. Uh, until Monday it's morning. A half it's a dozen seven. cousin. <laughs> you, I know what you're going. Yeah, I know where you're going. We, 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 it's an homage to Jack. That's Every right. It's an homage to Jack Buck. Uh, until Monday morning at seven. Have a great weekend, St. Louis. And now for something completely different. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.